Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream. Sunday. A day to worship. Worship a small egg-shaped ball. Oh, no, he drops the ball. You've got to respect the ball. Long live the weekend. Long live rugby league. Oh, you've got to love your rugby league. Yeah, good afternoon, and now there are four. Welcome to the Sunday Sinbin for Apricity Finance. Ben Dobbin, Gordon Tallis, James Graham, and the great James Hooper joining us. Three hours of discussing all the huge topics in rugby league. So much going through. A very good afternoon to the Raging Bull. Gordon Tallis, how are you, my friend? Good afternoon, Dobbo. How are you going? Yeah, there's only uh, four left, and um, what another great weekend of rugby league. Yeah, it was good. Um, I saw you last night and um, looking very dapper there on Foxport on the panel. You, yourself, two experts of the game in Corey Parker and mm. I don't know Mike why they Linus. sit me next to Braith and Nasta. Well, I, I look like a head. <laughs> I look like a head with a, like a smashed crab when I sit beside him. It's horrible. Yeah, well, Uncooked they're your, they're your words. They're your words. Uh, now, good afternoon, Ginger. Now, I just do want to talk to you firstly. The report, I've had a little text message. James Graham was cited last night um, on the rum and coke after 12 o'clock. How responsible. Good afternoon, James Graham. Thanks for that, mate. Um, yeah, I was uh, hijacked by producer Charlie. Yeah, uh, that happens. Went to the game in my safety shorts. Thought, oh, I'll... Uh, I got have a couple of beers in the members bar, fantastic members bar at Allianz Stadium there. And then uh, just as I was leaving, I looked at the price of an Uber back home. It was almost $200. So I thought, well, I'll, 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 I'll wait it out and go for a drink until the price comes down. Can and I then, ask? Uh, yeah, wait, I needed to wait a couple of hours, didn't I? <laughs> Can I ask for the listeners, well what, are, what, are, what are safety shorts? Yeah, well, what safe, are safety shorts? Safety shorts are what you do when you don't want to go for a big night out. So <laughs> most... <laughs> I don't trust myself, yeah, shorts. I don't, it's because most... Re, Where most, do I get a whole wardrobe full of them? Yeah, <laughs> most, ve, most, exactly venues, most venues would turn you away if you rock up in shorts. The, especially those the, the estab- establishments that are open a little bit later. Like, what are we so. talking, are we Talking neat sort of golfing shorts. We talk ruggers. stubbies, ruggers, like they're like they're like just cotton shorts that like I couldn't a look dress at. pair of dress shorts. No, not dress no, shorts. Like dress I'm shorts. talking like almost like tracksuit pant. Like oh, cotton. outstanding. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, very. Oh, the, the baggy ones. ones. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. baggy proper. Just yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the walk around trainers. Yeah. So Allianz members, Allianz members bar, they didn't have a problem with the with those shorts. No. What, then where did, where did we go to then that potentially <laughs> didn't have a problem either? <laughs> Had a little um, potter up towards uh, Paddington on right. Uh, um, right. What's yeah, they're pretty free and easy. They're not judgmental up around there, Oxford, I would yeah, say. Up, Oxford up Street. There's no judgment Street. in Oxford Street. Yeah, so but I you know what? <laughs> yeah, but there's no judgment on that sort of stuff. But I'd like, I think venues should turn people away in shorts because guys like me. <laughs> Do we we put them on for a good reason. We think I, I don't want to be I don't want to be out late at night, so I'm going to wear shorts. And then they'll yeah, come on in. Can you're I, like, oh, we should said no. Can I just say out, this right? The, yeah, your legs look like they got calamine lotion all over. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got a great accent, and you come. They think. 
this guy's come over here from England. We've got to show him yeah, the city. Yeah, good we can all <laughs> <laughs> Could you talk like a Aussie and have a yeah. singlet jacket on and swagger yeah, a little bit? T- it, was the photo, it was the photo with him and Chicka White that gave it away on our WhatsApp chat that we just sort of knew that obviously there'd been some sort of going on. Uh, good afternoon, James Super. Looking very uh, bright and chirpy. I suspect no, no late-night rendezvous for you with shorts on. No, unfortunately, no safety shorts for me last night, Dobbo. <laughs> yeah, we had a bit of a loose carry last week. I was out in the safety tracksuit. <laughs> um, I couldn't. I had to check whether I had the Ugg boots on or not uh, the following morning, but I don't think I did. I had the sneakers. But, um, no, no, nothing uh, last night, mate. Just watched the footy and watched the footy the night before. And um, now we're down to four. So, yeah, it's the best time of the year. Oh, well, let's get good. into last night. It, it, it is the best time of the year. We've got four teams left. And last night it was pretty convincing. South Sydney stepping up to the plate, defeating the Sharks 38 points to 12. It was a big win for the Bunnies. I'm going to start with you, Gordy. They did everything that we expected for South Sydney. For the Sharkies, though, by by all admissions, they were disappointing. Yeah. I don't know if it was the come down from last week's 93-minute spectacular game uh, against the Cowboys, but they were 30 seconds away from going to a prelim. Now the Sharkies are out in straight sets, but it was all about the Bunnies last night. Look, let's not make a mistake. The Sharks have had a great year. You know, awesome. but they were what? Uh Eight minutes to go last week. I think they were up by maybe eight six points. or ten or eight uh, points. Um, eight points, and they lost that game. But it was thirty-two points scored against them last night. Thirty-eight, so that's seventy in finals footy. So uh, it shows that while they've improved and they had a great home and away season, that when you come to finals footy, mate, there's been a saying around that it's a totally different competition, and uh, they didn't go to that next level. And there were question marks over whether they could match uh, the really good sides and. Last night they couldn't, but um, I thought the Sharks have had a great year. But South Sydney, they sort of did it in a canter. I don't think that they hit any real heights, mm. but they did what they had to do. See, I, I think I don't look at what happened yesterday as a bad thing for the Sharks. I think if they'd have if they'd have won, it probably disguises some of the de- deficiencies in their team at the moment. Like if they win, they get to the final four, and it's a, it's a successful year. Or would they give themselves a pat on the back? But for me, this is a big learning curve for. The Sharks, I actually think this is a is the if they weren't going to win the competition, this is the best thing to happen to them to go out in straight sets. So Fitzgibbon and some of those senior players get together and go, okay, well we managed to give ourselves an opportunity, but we didn't take that. So then how do we how do we do better next year? I think you learn more from going out in straight sets and what the Sharks would by getting a victory yesterday and then playing the Penrith and it being our pats on the back with a final four team. Well, Fitzgibbon spoke post-match and he was bitterly disappointed. This is what he had to say about how disappointed he was about his team's defensive effort. Just bitterly disappointed with our performance. Um, it's not good enough for this time of year. Got a lesson in fundamentals of footy and and we just didn't didn't respond to anything in the right fashion tonight. We had a couple little squirts of energy there, but nothing of note. And um, yeah, I'm disappointed that we finish off the season in that fashion. For semi-finals, that, that, the defence is just not good enough. So I, I won't be finishing this year feeling happy. I just want to get on to next year and improve it. Yeah, he's brutally honest there, Craig Fitzgibbon, as always, Dobbo. And look, you can understand his level of frustration because they had a great season. Uh, they finished in the top two. Uh, they had a home semi-final, and they're eight minutes away from icing a prelim. Yep. And then the Cowboys get a penalty against um, the run of play. They kick that goal, then they score a late try in the final 15 seconds through Jason Tomalolo, and now all of a sudden they're bundled out in straight sets. I- I'll say this about the Sharks. 
to Gordy's point, take nothing away. Like they've had a magnificent season uh, and you can only beat who's in front of you. But where I think it's been telling for Cronulla is there were stages of the season where they had a softer draw and they didn't have yep. a battle-hardened run into September. They beat the Melbourne Storm at home at Shark Park. Brandon Smith was sin-binned that night. It was also State of Origin, so Melbourne were missing a number of other key players. And I just feel as though it has come to the fore now at the worst possible time in September that perhaps, and again, you can only play who's in front of you, but perhaps that top two finish was a little bit of a false dawn. Yeah, I think you, you, you could be onto something there, Hoops, but looking at the game last night, what really disappointed me was it, it was poor from the beginning from Cronulla. Like that, that try from Mark Nichols. Yeah. Should you be, should you be conceding oh. tries like that in, in the opening three minutes of a, fo- of, a of a final of a finals football game? Yeah, you can say, oh well, that we were concentrating on on out wide, but that's just a, no. a it's a it's a one on one tackle. And with all due respect to Mark Nichols, he shouldn't be crashing over in the finals Not three minutes when Rudolph. everybody's fresh. Did you? Not over Toby Rudolph. There's yeah. no way. And I mean, he was up for it. Toby Rudolph last week was outstanding with the Sharks, and Listen, I just they're, feel they're they're they put everything in. in. Yeah. And there's no Fafita, no Tolman. So Tolman and Fafita are gone out of Cronulla now. Royce Hunt was a big out yeah. last night. Yeah, He's been big for him over the course of the season. They need someone in the middle that is prepared because, like, Toby Rudolph, like, as good as what he was, he ain't going to scare any other front row. And it showed last night, mate, when they run over you and he go, oh, yeah, Toby Rudolph was good, he has to tackle that. He has to knock that bloke into next week. Mm. They went through the front door. There's the standards right there. So I think um, Cronulla... For what they are, they need to get in the front row market really quick. What about South Sydney, boys? We've talked about the Sharks just in this moment. Luttrell was impressive. There was a moment where Luttrell took the ball and went down the eastern touchline and looked like he was going to get bundled into (laughs) touch. He had four blokes on him. He somehow gets his hands free. He is just – it's like he wants the confrontation and he wants – the, the siege mentality. He, he goes looking for these blokes, like where, where he can take the easier option. He wants to run over the top of people. He is ready and primed, and it's a great news story for the Rabbits. Yeah, oh, he's a headline act, isn't he, really? You know I mean, and last night, like, he did that, and and the Sharkies boys did a really good job, and all week, mate, when Latrell comes, stand up with him physically, get into him, you know, for, like, bully him, get under his skin, do everything, and they're driving him over. Then I'm thinking, this is a big play here. And Latrell, the big left hand comes out, he yeah. throws it over, keeps the ball in. He's a freak. He's box office, Latrell. He can <laughs> produce those big moments. He's prepared to take risks in big games. And then even if he does make an error, he can dust himself off. I think Greg Alexander said in the Fox League commentary last night, the slight of hand from Latrell, like when he just goes boss and just tips that ball on and then wraps around and is involved further in the play, um, that's probably the best slot of hand in the NRL at the moment, and that's saying something. I think the frightening thing is he's not reached his peak yet, and especially not in this final series. I I still think he's got a yeah. a, a bit more to give. He, he and he's got unfinished business yeah. because yeah. he wasn't there last year. So everybody said last year, you know, imagine if South Sydney yeah. had Latrell. Well, they got him now. And they face the Premier's Saturday night at a core stadium. So Latrell's got the perfect stage to show everybody. Mm. And I get the feeling as though we are about to see even more out of Latrell Dobbo. I think he's he's priming for yeah. an 11 what, out of 10 performance. What about how three years ago, when he leaves the Roosters, Wayne Bennett says he's a fullback. Every single person, every expert says, no, he's not, he's a centre. 
No, he's not. He's never going to be good enough for fullback. Uh, anybody I mean, knew he's going to be a fullback, but it's but, just the legs. They didn't think. He, that... No one had the belief. Like I, I, I know. And look, Tedesco's arguably the world's best player at the moment yes. in that position. But yes. I mean, if you had a side and you were building a team, you're not. And you had Luttrell, to pick either. Though. You either had to pick Latrell or James Tedesco. I, I mean, it is literally. They both bring different qualities, but it's, they are both equally as good. It's strange, isn't it? And and we keep on falling in, into this trap that. Everybody has to play like that yeah. player. like, yeah. And it's so stupid. Like, Tedesco's Tedesco. Billy Slater was Billy Slater. Like, Tommy like Tommy Trevojevic, you go ask a Manly fan, they're not swapping him. Yeah. The no, Roosters no. fans aren't swapping Teddy. The Penrith fans, they're not swapping Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards. No. Mate, he just won their player of the year. And, you know, South fans, they're not swapping Latrell. Why can't they just be who they are? And I yeah. think they're fantastic. And I just get... Look, I get sick of people with Kickow, with Fafida, with Latrell, with these guys. Oh, they need to do this. They need to, you know, just because Teddy has 20 mm. runs, it does not mean he has to have 20 runs. He has an impact on the game of footy. He changes the results. He kicked six out of six or whatever it was last night. He's a team man. It's like the old boxing analogy, Gordy, that styles make fights. And Tedesco Absolutely. is a completely oh, different yeah. style of high energy, and fast I love feet play. at you all of the time. He's like a rabbit looking for a hole in the fence. Whereas Latrell is a completely different. He's not going to be your football, your fullback, who at the end of the game has twenty two carries and three hundred and five meters. That's Why not would him. You want that? But he might but what he might do is he might have four or five try assists yeah. and heavy involvement in other big moments in big games that will seal results with a sleight of hand, with a with a, a barnstorming run, whatever it may be. Uh-huh. Like he, he's unorthodox. He's a little bit different to the run of the mill stock standard NRL fullback, but that doesn't mean he's not as good as all of them. I'm not being look, this is gonna be hard to say, but you can work really hard and become a James Tedesco. You can work as hard as you want and never be Latrell Mitchell. Mm, no. Well, because he's got that genius individual talent. He's got that. And sometimes you can rely instinct, on it too much. The word, instinct's the yep. word I was looking for. Yep. He's got those footballing instincts. He can't coach those. And, and, and he's, been, he's been gifted with them. And sometimes that, you know, you it can sit there and they well, yeah, it can. Well, I mean, he threw that pass. He threw that pass. Mulatolo intercepted. I know that, that it was touched. It was tipped. Yeah, but I mean, I get you know, that. It, it's risk and reward. Like he's thrown he, seventy it, of those in the last yeah, seven weeks. I yep. know, and they've won. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, it can sometimes. Absolutely. For all the brilliance, you got to know that sometimes it's gonna. It, it's just not gonna but, come but, off. But, but, that was but, my point, Dobbo. Is but he's that's prepared, what happens. He's prepared to take risks yeah. in big games, right? And even if they do backfire, like that one did, he can dust himself off. He doesn't carry the burden of that, yeah. and he can still have the, exactly the same impact and influence on the game, irrespective of the mistake that he's made. We, we, we've, we've, we've got in this spin about oh mate, mistake-free footy, yeah. mistake-free footy. Oh mate, you can't make mistakes. I was sitting with Billy Slater, who everybody goes now is a genius. I've always respected Billy. We're sitting there. He goes, oh, mate, I want my players to go there. I want them to try something. And if they make a mistake, we just defend it. Yeah. It was like oh, music to my ears because I haven't heard of a coach that, oh, you know, mate, it's about mistake-free footy, getting through our sets and doing that. Okay, cardboard cutout. Mm. It's about getting yeah. out there, backing your ability, trying what you do, play what you play in front of you. And if you do throw a pass and, you, and, and they're good enough to defend it or – Intercept it. Let's just defend it. Let's go back to what we're doing. Build up again. And when you see that same play, let's 
execute it better. Interestingly, the the two teams that that played yesterday evening, I think they've got the lowest completion rates in the NRL. Yeah. Uh, I think they're fifteenth and sixteenth across the NRL. Um, I do feel that for you know we're talking about n- not overemphasizing the mistakes. I, I I do think that South Sydney need to clean up a few of those. Clean up. Or, so it's not. It's not the when they chance their arm or Latrell throws the ball. It's some of the the, the unforced errors that are happening in the play of the ball. It's that, clunky from yeah. the mate from the twenty to the yeah. So know, if they, the they need they need to sit they need to get rid of those you know unforced sloppy errors and still go on and play football. Well, if, they, if, if, they're, if they're a chance of beating Penrith, that's what Burgess they need to back to the grand final. Sorry, Correct. James. Uh, Burgess is not back to the grand final. So Totola got. He got uh, put on report last night. He only copped the fine, so uh, he, wow. he, he's been fined for that. So so they'll be pretty much – there is a question mark, though, and I know Jason Demetrio, he'll be joining us a little later, has come out and said, but Joy Arrow, obviously, um, he, he's got some groin soreness. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, what was so, it, a you know, pelvis like, bone or was it a was, groin, yeah. was it? Like he's a like, doctor or something? Yeah, and so everybody says he's going to be right, Hoops, but, you, you know, if – there is a question mark. Joy Arrow is a huge out because Ooh. what he does in the middle for him is just phenomenal. He's massive. He's a massive out. I mean, he plays on the edge, but he plays in the middle as well a lot of the yep. time. So, uh, no, look, given the magnitude of the game, he'll do everything that he can. I mean, the other one as well, Dobbo, last night was Alex Johnston. Yeah. He went off and, and didn't come back yeah, on. what happened so, to him? What well, ha- what? That was hip or something. Is yeah, it hip? hip. They said hip pointer. Um, so again, you'd be hoping, you know, like what he means to that side, the amount of tries he's a leading try scorer in the I know he's a winger this season. Havili as well with his calf. That that'll yeah, be a big. That's like, another big yeah. one too because their middle rotation yeah. with Tom Burgess suspended. Yeah, exactly. They are starting to get a little bit stretched now. That was why the Totola only receiving a fine was so big yeah. for South. Yeah, it's yeah. Huge. They could yeah. not have afforded, especially coming up, up against that Penrith forward pack, to have lost him as well. Just on Jaira, his last two games for South, they've been his best two games. I agree, Gordy. They, they, they've, they've been. What, do you, abs- what, what have you liked about him, Gordy? Well, he's. <laughs> When he was at the Titans, he was like the main go-to man. He was the Tino. And then when he went to South, I think he sort of fell in a little mm. bit of a hole just finding his feet. But he realised that he is a leader um, of a forward pack. And I just think he's not waiting for the moment. I think the great players go and grab the moment. And I think he's out there and he's trying to make a difference, just going out there, you know, to put a shot on, to make a run. He's, and he's and he's putting himself in spots where he just hasn't put himself. I think he's trying harder. It's as simple yeah. as that. I think he's putting himself... Out there a little bit more. We're going to talk to Jason Demetrio after 2 o'clock and obviously we'll get an update on all the injuries. But South Sydney through to a prelim. We will preview that game against Pant- the Panthers. They take them at a core stadium next Saturday night. We're going to take a break, come back. The Mighty Eels survive. Uh, the Canberra Raiders are finished for the year. We're going to recap that. And not far away also, I call BS and we'll be talking and putting the Broncos in the hot seat as the feud on the back page of the paper today between Ben Iken and Kevin Walters has gone public. We're going to talk and discuss all things that as well. Triple M, Sunday Sinbin. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back. Sunday Sinbin, Hoops, Jimmy Graham, Gordon Tallis, Ben Dobman with you, covering off all things rugby league this afternoon, all thanks to Apricity Finance. We'll be talking with uh, the South Sydney coach, Jason Demetrio, after 2 o'clock. And not far away, we're going to put the Brisbane Broncos in the hot seat and talk about their dramas. This is off the back of a, uh, a story that has come out in the last 24 hours about a rift between Ben Iken and Kevin Walters. We'll unpack that and see what is going on actually at Red Hill. Last night, um, Friday night, the Raiders 
Uh, and I will say that I backed the Raiders to you three. I was very, very – I actually called them morals. Um, they just were absolutely soundly beaten, 40 points to four. Parramatta were outstanding. Uh, from start to finish, they didn't even look like remotely being troubled by the Raiders. Uh, I'll start with you, Hoops. It was a pretty impressive performance by Brad Arthur's team and obviously – with a lot going on behind the scenes at Parramatta, it was a really good shot across the bow to all the, the naysayers that have been critical of what Brad Arthur's been doing there as a coach and also this side. Awesome performance from the Eels and a, a big gorilla Dobbo off Brad Arthur's back because in the lead-up to the game, uh, there was all sorts of media pressure. Uh, his coaching record in finals was highlighted. The fact that he'd only won two out of nine games, uh, he'd never been able to progress past week two in the playoffs. So they've got that off the back now. Uh, and then there are obviously also a lot of headlines about the fact that um, in this elite pathways report that's been done into the Parramatta Eels, uh, the word nepotism had been used as well. So look, the Eels, uh, we've spoken a lot over the course of this season about the fact that there can be good Parramatta and there can be bad Parramatta. Well, on Friday night, when the inferno was on and and the pressure was as heavy as it could possibly be, they stood up, they delivered, they did it on their home deck, I will say, where they have an outstanding record. They've now won 32 out of 43 games at Bankwest Stadium, which I think is about a 75% win ratio. Uh, but they did it in emphatic fashion and it was the best possible statement the club could make given the circumstances. Yeah, I was critical of their marquee players. Um, I think the week before, you know, and that was Gutherson and Moses and I know that he got knocked out. But, and Dylan Brown. And, <clears throat> you know, Gutherson I think had seven runs against Penrith. Well, he had 17 runs for over 200 metres. That's what you need those guys to do. Uh, their front row was outstanding. Um, you see big RCG he takes that charge up and he gets um, Hara Wiranara or whatever. Yeah, he knocked him yeah. out. Yeah, sort of knocked him out. All those moments, I think, just added to Parramatta, and I thought that they were really good. They were classy. They go to Townsville now, and I give them like a – You're like giving a them big a big chance, chance by the same yeah, things. Yeah, and, and, and just on the Brad Arthur thing, I, I you know, and I said it on Fox, I, I don't get the pressure that he's under. And Cooper Cronk goes, well, what do you mean I don't get the pressure? And I just believe that – if you're a coach of an organisation and you get them to the top four mm. and you've got them there the last couple of weeks or last couple of years, it's your job as a player to get that to the next level. It's basically he's taking you to the waterhole. There it is, learn to swim. And I think – and then Cooper Cronk goes, well, what do you mean? I said, well, when you're playing for Melbourne and you get to these big games and you're playing good and you know what you need to do to win, how many messages come from the coach? No, you're right, Gordy, but at the same time – his record, they needed to win that game. Yeah. Because if they hadn't yeah. won that game, I Let can me guarantee tell you, about you his record. all hell would have broken loose. Let me I know tell you about his record. The Penrith, players have the lost. same record. Yeah, they yeah. spot on. So the no players have the same record. That. And I think it was Melbourne Storm three times and Penrith twice. No you question I mean? about In that. Those, uh, I think it was seven losses. And I think it was Penrith. And Melbourne had five of them. You know, that's yeah. – Yeah, I mean, like there's a lot of other clubs that had that, like as well. Absolutely. Well, let's hear what Brad. Let's hear what Brad Arthur had to say post match about the media agenda that he believed that has been going on. There was so much talk this week, pressure, leak stories. How did that affect the group with all the talk about week two of the finals as well? well I reckon we showed how it affect the group. If someone's got an agenda, and they're not going to break us. Do you feel like there is some kind of agenda? Yeah, well, there's some personal interest. So whoever's got the, you know, the agenda, you're not going to break, you're not going to break this group. You know what? We didn't even address it. We didn't talk about it. 
It's something that we can't control and it's rubbish. Is that something you've learned <coughs> over the years to not buy into it, to realise that... Yeah, well, when agendas? I probably first started coaching, you know, yep, I definitely would have worried about it or bought into it or had some commentary around it, but, you know, all we can control is... not. thing is, I've got the confidence in this group and I know exactly what's in that dressing sheds and um, it didn't even feel the need to talk to anyone about it. Hey, well, Dobbo, who, who's Dobbo, got the agenda? Mate, you're the, well, mate, you're the journalist here. No, no, I, I, I mean, I'm Where not down the there. I'd like from? to know. There's obviously some agendas. Like, if he's talking about there's an agenda, James Graham, I mean, do you think there's an agenda? I'll get to Hoops as well. You, you'll come into this. But clearly, he believes that there's an agenda. Where's the agenda coming from on Brad Arthur and Parramatta? Look, I, I, I don't know specifically who the target of that response is from Brad Arthur, but, you know, Parramatta are a huge club. Uh, they're always going to be in the headlines. They're always going to be talked about because of their successful uh, time in the past. So the, the pressure's going to come. I, I do have no idea, though, specifically. Well, it's pointed at someone. It's pointed at someone, Hoops, isn't it? Absolutely it is, Dobbo. Look, I don't think there's an agenda. I think what happened last week was uh, Ray Hadley made some points about the Parramatta Reels and what had been going on there on his radio show. And off the back of that, uh, at Fox, we started to ask some questions. And that was when this report was served up to us where, look, there was some quite damning findings in that. Now, we should point out that it was about the Harold Mats, the SG Ball and the Jersey Flag Systems at the Eels, which feed into the NRL. So you're talking about the 17s, the 19s and the 21s, the elite pathways, and the fact that there was a view that in amongst all of that system at the Eels, that there were some things going on that people didn't necessarily agree with. So there's always going to be pressure at this level, especially when you don't win in September in big games. And more than any other coach, Brad Arthur needed that win on Friday night because if they hadn't won that game, uh, I think that all hell would have broken loose. I think we would have seen a review, which um, I know everybody in rugby league loves that buzzword. I think we would have seen a review into the entire organisation. And I don't know whether Brad would have been there in the aftermath of it um, because of the way that they had not been able to deliver in big games. But they've shaken that now. They've got the result. They travel to Townsville. They're into a prelim. So it's happy days. And there's reason for optimism for the Eels fans. See, I don't know I don't know if I believe Brad Arthur when he's saying we've not spoken about it, because I reckon he has. It, it, I reckon you, you could see there was a response. There was an intent about Parramatta yesterday. And obviously they've, yeah. been, they, they've had many a games like that all season. But I think sometimes you need a narrative. The best coaches do it. The best coaches use it to their advantage. And it would it would... I'd be shocked if Brad Arthur's not said, listen, guys, they can't wait for us to fail. They can't wait for us to go is, out is the it, back door. They finished, we, we finished in the top four. They can't wait. They're ready. They, 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 they're praying for a Canberra victory because it writes all the headlines for us. We've got to go out there and prove them wrong. And they certainly did that. They were so dominant. I love what Parramatta bring that... Um, that young Brown, the five eight, was absolutely sensational. I think he was. I think he, you know, all eyes go to Moses. Obviously, they look back to the week before. He leaves the field of play, and Parramatta crumble. So all eyes were on him. But Dylan Brown, he just stood up. I think he had something like seventy five receivers of the football. 
ran for over 300 metres. He was absolutely sensational. And just the way the forwards uh, pass the ball to one, one another, they've got that threat of lane. They've got the threat of Baller with his late offload and late 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 feet at the line. Obviously, Campbell Gillard bends the line back every single time he runs. I don't know how he continues to run with such intensity in, in every single carry, year on year on year, game after game after game. They're a really good side, the Parramatta Eels, like, and they showed it with their response and their performance just, uh, this weekend. Jimmy, it would have been foolish, in my view, if Brad Arthur didn't tap yeah. into all that outside noise. I mean, they had... a picture on the back page of the Daily Telegraph of Brad with Mr. 22% as the headline. Yeah. Now, if you're a player and you see that written about your coach, surely that's got a lot of fire within you and you're going to want to can go two ways. make a response. I mean, you were coached by Dez, yeah. Gordon, you were coached yeah. by Wayne. Wayne. You know, th- those types of coaches, uh, I've seen it firsthand with Dez. He's a yeah. genius yeah. at tapping into siege mentality. Uh, of course, I, and you've got to... You know, a lot of players and coaches, we all say, "Oh, we don't, we don't read the media, we don't, we don't read the papers." But it's almost impossible to ignore because you've always got someone that goes, "Did you see that article in the in the back of the paper about you?" And you go, "No, but I'm going to have to check it out now." Thanks for making yeah. me aware. Or, "Oh, have you seen this? You're in a cafe." So uh, it's impossible for them to ignore. I don't think they have. They've got to use it for their advantage moving forward. And it wouldn't surprise me to, to to hear that Brad Arthur would have, you know, he'll he'll want to keep that within the, you know, the squad of twenty, maybe perhaps the the, the broader squad of top thirty. But they, they'll be mentioning it this week for sure and using it as motivation. Like Brisbane, is it the players that have been asked to move on? Like, is it like players that aren't in the squad that are starting to talk a little bit too much? There's certainly. Um, some uneasiness amongst their roster at the moment because you've got players who are on the outer, like Nathan Brown yep. and like Bryce Cartwright, who, I mean, Nathan Brown played State of Origin only a couple of years ago and is still regarded as a very a handy player, NRL player. Bryce Cartwright, similar. So I think certainly there has been some noise around the Eels and their dressing room. Uh, we've heard reports about that... Jake. Jacob Arthur? Uh, I think, yeah. well, I mean, they've repeatedly denied this. Yeah. Um, they've really strongly refuted it, that none of the players have asked that question. But I have been told that Nathan Brown did have strong words with Brad Arthur about the team selections and why he can't get back into the side. Well, he's not a halfback. No, he's and not. And you watch Queensland that have carried that guy. They can play nine and seven. And you saw when Moses went down with the HIA again or had to go off. That's right. Yeah, they you slot him yeah. in there. Was, no, yeah. you, yep. And the, their forwards play long minutes. So you can't, I don't think Parramatta are a better team with four forwards on the bench. They've got to have that outside back to, to cover multiple positions. And we've well, seen it where they be... play. They're almost Parramatta sometimes. They play games with almost 15 players yes. due to the strength of their bench. Or Sorry, the strength of their starting forwards. So they, they, run, they, they run them for a long time make a couple of interchanges, then they've got one forward who they keep up their sleeve, and then Jacob Arthur, as the he he might get on, should should be needed, should be necessary if there's an injury well, in the outside backs. We're going to have a look at their game against the Cowboys next Friday night. That game is not far away. The Triple M, Sunday Sinbin. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin for Apricity Finance Hoops. Gordon Tallis and Jimmy Graham, who is dusting a hangover after last night. He wore the safety shorts out and 
They won't one bit safe. They, <laughs> they won't one hey, bit safe. I'll tell you what, you should have had this, mate, the safety boots on as well. The safety boots. The jacket, the whole lot. The <laughs> hard hat, the whole lot. He could have been one of the YMCA team, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> speaking, oh, of, speaking of safety, Dobbo, and YMCA, really what's that high vis shirt behind you that looks like it's. In all seriousness, from a village it, people. Yeah, no, uh, in all seriousness, this is uh, an unbelievable company called Trademark, um, who do uh, shirts for workers, but with a lot of their money going towards mental health. So it, it's an unbelievable cause. Their Trademark, and look, they they pride themselves. Yeah, more I think fluoro. The I think the Byron City uh, City yeah. Council have them too. Like you know, like yeah. it's just orange, but like they have all different patterns. Patterns mm. on them, and then you buy them. Yeah, there's a bit of mail well, you were spotted at the Pig and Whistle Dobbo in that particular attire. No, just right the pig. Or? Anyway, <laughs> just the pig. anyway, we can save all <laughs> that for pig. I call BS because we're going to put somebody in our team right under the headlights. That's not far away. It is now time for the hot seat. Yeah, welcome back to the hot seat, and obviously uh, this is a really big thing in Queensland today. It's obviously made the newspapers. I'm just going to read you off the back of the crew mail. This article was written by Brent Reed, Travis Main, and Peter Bedell in conjunction together, and it's the back page of the oh, Courier really? Mail. What yeah. would he know? Well, this is dead set. Blues. Brisbane bosses have held urgent talks to heal a fractured relationship between coach Kevin Walters and football boss Ben Iken amid fears of a toxic power struggle at the Broncos. Uh, News Corp can reveal that the Chiefs are aware of tensions between Walters and Iken that had simmered over the past nine months and threatened to tear the club apart. Uh, there's been a, a breakdown in communication. It has been reported. Now, Kevin Walters has come out and said um, that he is more than happy working with Ben Iken. That there is no, he said, can things be better? Yes, everything in the club can be better. I need to be better myself. Ben needs to be better. Uh, they have obviously had some crisis meetings in the last couple of days. And as far as I can see, that it is full steam ahead for 2023. Now, Terry Madison was let go on Thursday. Steve Walters, his brother, resigned. Um, and it, it would think that Ben Iken will then step into that football role with working with Kevin Walters um, as uh, under Kevin Walters in the season of 2023. But it's the back page, Hoops. I'm going to start with you. Uh, bosses are confident the relationship can be repaired, but it's clearly there's been some difficult times at the club between both both parties. Yeah, look, I'd heard this. It's been bubbling uh, for the last couple of months, Dobbo, but the way that I'd heard it, it was more that uh, Ben Iken had been promised a particular role at the Broncos by Dave Donaghy, who's the CEO, and then when he actually got his feet under the desk, uh, a lot of the power and the role that had been described to him had actually been rescinded, um, and so that wasn't how it was playing out. And rather than dealing with the signing of Adam Reynolds and Kurt Capewell and all those, you know, top five Brisbane Broncos players. I think he was more handling um, the the bottom end of the top 30 list. Um, so let's say players from sort of 15 down to 30. Um, but look, certainly I, I think it can be fixed. Uh, I don't think it's irreparable. Uh, and I wasn't aware that there was that much of a beef between Kevy and Ben Eichen. I, I, I don't think there I is. I don't think Kevy has a beef with anybody. No, I don't think there is Gordon as either. And your Kevin Walters is one of your great mates. But I will say this: Dave Donahue, the CEO, gave a job description to Ben Eichen. It is led to believe, 
And when Ben Iken took the job on the CEO, it wasn't approved by the board, I'm led to believe. Like, you know, obviously there was some changes to it. And the pr- problem was the CEO hadn't even spoken to Kevin Walters prior to Ben Iken being employed. So... Well, there's your person, first. There's your yeah, first start yeah, a couple that, of problems. Yeah. Seriously, so, like that is yeah, so yeah, poor. That to me, that's oh. the big problem. But James, I'll tell you this: I've spoken to four NRL coaches over the last couple of days when this started doing the rounds, and everybody has said to me, "Head coach is first. They make the decisions." I know there's CEOs. You don't think Craig yeah. Bellamy doesn't make the decisions? You, you, you know, does reduce? CEOs, you, no one even CEOs knows the CEO. Don't get the, in the paper. Yeah. CEOs don't get sacked. If yeah, you look at the West Tigers, do, yeah. well, yeah, mate, mate, what's his name? Pascoe, Justin Pascoe. How many coaches has he been through? <laughs> but what I'm Hang saying on, is that up, Jason yeah. Kevin Taylor. Walter should be yeah. the Mike boss Cleary, of that club. Maguire. No, yeah. no, listen, I think, I think it's joint decisions, right? And I think that it's moved on from that because if the coach has too much power, as you can see how they can get the salary yeah. cap out. And if you see... That, but all these guys that, what are they called? Football managers or whatever they call it. Director of football, football okay, manager, of football, right? whatever title you that want That is give a it. made up title. Mm. Right? It's absolutely made up. Basically, you should be a lackey for the coach unless you feel good. So they all think that they're feel good. Let me tell you something feel good's role is just made up for feel good. That's what. That's what he does. Like, there's not too many people that can go to an well, organisation. Well, you've got figure a he is very unique. unique figure in the game. No, 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 no. You've got no, a couple no. others. You've Who? got. You- well, Peter Parr, that's one. No, no, he's nowhere near Phil. Trust Frank Panisi. Nowhere near Phil. Well, I think Frank's yeah, I think, very good at. I think Frank's very good at what Frank does, Frank does with mate, the Melbourne Phil Gould is Phil Gould. Like Phil Gould can go into a club and do every. And it's very, very there's, it's very rare that you've got someone like Phil. It's not unusual, Dobbo, for people who are in these director of football, general manager of football, whatever you want to call it, the role. It's not unusual for those individuals to be butting heads professionally at times with the whoever is the head coach. Sure. So if you look, we just spoke about Parramatta. If you look at Parramatta, I don't think Brad Arthur and Mark O'Neill are necessarily always on the same page about everything, but that's rugby league. Yeah. Like you've got to have robust yeah. conversations. I'm sure Frank you've got to and challenge Frank Bellamy aren't on the same Absolutely. page. Absolutely. I'm sure that there would be stages where Craig, Craig Bellamy and Frank Panisi have disagreed and have, you know, had – a blue over something. Can but I they and the, and the, last, the last thing you'd want in, in that relationship is a yes man. Correct. Yeah, yeah. But someone who holds that just the agree, power? agrees with every, everything they well, say. The, just you need to have difficult conversations at this level. The coach is going to be ultimately Dobbo. The coach is going to be the person who lives and dies by the sword. Yeah. Yeah. Kevy's the one who's going to get the sack. Yep. Not Benny Iken. So the role for Benny, if I'm Benny Iken, Kevy, what do you need me to do? You tell me what you need help with. Yeah, that's his 100%. role. And then Kevy, hey, mate, do you need anything else? Mate, where are you going? Have you looked at this? That's it. That's pretty much yeah. it. That's your job Yeah, what can we do to support you? Yeah. What, mate, what, what, what can we as a, as a football club, what, what can we lay out that's as about the fan? It, yeah. What environment can we provide for you to get the best out of this play? And in, in Ben Iken's defence, I'll say this. When he first got to Brisbane, I think he had a look at things and he immediately, rather than, you know, people were already saying, oh, Kevy can't coach. We, you know, we need to just... Uh, make a hard decision here, but I think he's tried to put a, the best infrastructure possible around Kevy's support to give him every possible chance to go as good as they can. And they were going super well in July of this year when they were sitting yep. in the top four. Everyone was patting them on the back and telling them what an outstanding job they'd done. They just got a little bit ahead of themselves. Yeah, and that's yeah. on Go- the players. Go- Gordon, can I ask you, should should Ben Iken be letting Kevy run the show completely? 
I think it's a joint. It's a joint role. Well, they've got to challenge each other, Gordon. Yeah, but like, what do you mean by that? Does Kevy run the team? Absolutely. Does Kevy have a say in the team? Does Kevy um, talk about the players that they want and at a recruitment desk? Because I think Darren Lockyer's on that. Where are we weak? Well, uh, we're looking at number nines. These are the number nines available. And I yeah, think it's yeah. a group discussion. Who's who we've got coming, th- who's who we've got coming mate, through. Who's who we're coming through. Yeah. He's, two, mate, uh, he's two years away. He's going to go out to win him. He's going to do this. Yeah. They're the discussions that you have between closed doors and it doesn't hit a paper. That's right. There's been so too many So I don't many, know what Ben Icke thought he was going to go there for. He went for the CEO, uh, the CEO role and yeah. missed it. That's the boss, right? Yeah, but he got, day, he got given – he then got recruited, Gordy. And to be fair to Ben in this thing, he got promised – He they went out, they So had who a promised meeting. him that role? It's not Kevy. So no, was, it wasn't no, Kevy. No, it was Dave no, Donahue. Dave Donahue promised Ben Icke in a role and hadn't had a discussion with anybody else at the club. Well, and how's that, that Kevy's role? No, so Kevy's gone in as the coach. So – and then the only the only thing that we know is from Wayne Bennett because he's the one that we've learnt the most of. And Brian Smith, and let me tell you something, the two coaches that I've had and even Craig Bellamy, no one's on their page. They just make the decisions because they live by them. So really strong leadership is they go there, they make the decision because at the end of the day, I know who's going to get moved on. You're dead right. Dobbo, can I ask you this? Why yep. has this story reared its head now? And how's it been made? Oh, that's public? a very good question, and I don't understand why it's come out. I, I, I spoke to I Kevin Walters. I can back to three sixty. Yep, yep. Back to three six five. Watch out, Braithy's coming back. He's angling. Uh, <laughs> all, all I know is, all, no, I don't know. All I know is, I've spoken. I haven't spoken to Ben about this, but I've spoken to Kevin Walters this morning, and I asked him because I, I didn't know. What, like it was in there today, and, and reading Travis Mayne and Peter Bedell have written it in conjunction. He said, um, I don't have a problem at all working with Ben Iken, You know that. We are looking forward to 2023, um, and that's all he said. I know uh, you for know, a it, fact they were at the footy together yesterday. Yesterday, watching, correct. Watching that's right. Watching So, And then they played together. They played in the halves. They, they won a premiership in, they together. They won a comp in two. You Come were on. in that side. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I would say this, Dobbo, like for someone with – Ben Iken's intellect. I think you're mad if you don't tap in to his views on rugby Correct, league. Yeah. And he does see things a little bit differently. Having worked with him personally, I know often uh, we'd be talking about whatever the issue of the day was and he would have a particular view and I'd totally disagree. But then in the process of having the conversation with him, he would make you – he would open your eyes and he would make you see – through a little bit of a different lens. And I think that's good in football clubs. Yeah. So I think it can only be good for the Broncos if they fix this and they're both on the same page and they've got the best interests of the club at heart. And, Which I think they both have. I, think they I genuinely have. think they both have got the absolute 100% want to be linked together and want the club. And you're right, Gordon. They went out and watched Norse play yesterday together. I, I, I think in a lot of ways this has been, you know, because it's the Broncos. A storm in a teacup. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. They're not my words, but I think there's obviously well, a lot. Okay, there's well, a lot goes on around. So what has it been then? Well, clearly there's been. Some, I, I think the problem lies in the miscommunication that what Ben Iken's role was given to start off with, and that and, and is you're that right. Kevy's fault. No, it's not. I yeah. asked Wayne Bennett this week whether or not he would have a head of football, and he said never. And never what did Wayne say? No, he man. said. I he said. Why, he said. I'm the head of football. He said. I'm the head of <laughs> football. Yeah, but he's. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. He's, he's the Wayne most ben. experienced coach in the game. <laughs> and that's what I'm he's saying. Coached nearly 900 NRL games. And uh, he's won seven I, premierships. Well, Kevin when Walters got has Wayne done his CV, When yeah. you got Wayne CV, yeah. you don't need yeah. a head of football. Hey, listen. And that's what I'm talking about. The players. How you know you want everybody to be that. 
you can't sign a guy and give him Phil Gould's power. You can't yeah. sign someone and give him Wayne Bennett's power. You can't sign someone and expect them to be Craig Bellamy. They are who they are. Anyway, 2023 mm. can't come quick enough. Broncos Great top four. Segment. I'll just put that out there. Uh, really we're going to take a break. That, we're going to take a break. That segment was called Storm in a Teacup. The Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back. Sunday Sinbin for Apricity Finance. Uh, not far away, Jason Demetrio, South Sydney uh, winning coach, will join us. We're also going to talk... Uh, about the concussion laws up to 2 o'clock. And um, the Sharks, we're going to put them as well and have a look And James Graham's toughest player. But it is now time for this. From the makers of The Earth is Flat and I'm Only Having One Beer comes... I Call BS. Yeah, thanks to Ariat, My good friends at Ariat like their boots, Ariat Rebar Work Jeans, won't let you down on the tough jobs. Check out the range of Rebar Work Jeans at ariat.com.au. And CMC is on our – the Country Music uh, Festival is on next week. And Ariat, a big centre. I may have been given some tickets if you guys – Where's it friend. on? Hang on. It's in Queensland. Yeah, oh, it's in Queensland. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, Luke Combs. I've got tickets to Luke Combs um, as well. That's uh, – We need it on after the footy's finished, Dobbo. Is yeah, there, yeah, Is mate, there another one after then? Mate, Sunday. I want tickets to Teddy Swims. <laughs> Sunday night. Sunday night, you I need want to come up to Luke. Elvis Presley. <laughs> yeah, right. <up. laughs> now, Mate, listen. You can get them, you tell me. You can get anywhere. You can open any door. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Tina, Tina Mate, the you, Jobby, right? So, like, he drove to the airport one day, he goes, They call me the locksmith. Mate, I open any door you want. <laughs> That's, that a That's, That's a blatant lie. That's a blatant lie. That's a blatant lie. Now, Locksmith, you James Graham and James Hooper, I just want you to hear me out. I, I'm going to start I Call BS. I was on Thursday doing some investigative journalism um, around Paddington. I was holding a meeting he with a certain with person. seven of um, Ben Eichen's mates. No, that's not true. Oh, yeah, you um, were. No, no, I wasn't. And I <laughs> happened to see Paddington in the raging the bull, the raging bull, the hard man of the rugby league, the Gordon Tallis. Now, when you see Gordon Tallis, you know he's hard. You just look at his eyes, you know that. The vanity that was shown by this bloke in this moment, he was pushing his beautiful son, Billy, around. In the, and I, it was very, very commendable that he was doing that. He had a nice Nike training outfit on and then was covered underneath in head-to-toe garbage bags so he could burn more fat. This is not a word of a lie. This, this True or not true that you were wearing garbage bags to try and sweat out and burn more fat while you were getting around Mr Vanity? Yeah, Ben, it's called exercise, right? Yeah, well, I so what that. happens is, is you put on a pair of Nikes, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, yeah, like, and you put on some shorts yeah, and a T-shirt and you um, go for a run fatso. Yes, and mainly, yeah, so obviously, mate, you need to buy a pair and run to your next birthday, but basically, <laughs> right, basically you put them on and you start by getting to your front gate and once you open that, you lock it and you turn left or right and you keep on moving. Did but you, I was did running you not up wear Paddington. a garbage bag? Uh, I was running up Paddington and I, had a, uh, and I had a sweat sort of jacket on. It was quite hot. I had a shirt on and I cut a garbage bag up because I got – the weight loss, and I've only Come just started on. running, and it was my second run. I thought, how am I going to go here? And I need to train a little bit harder, and that's what I used to do when I was a little bit fat. Coming back preseason, I'd put a garbage <laughs> bag on, and I'd go for a run. I'll defend the raging bull here. Oh, uh, of course Dobbo. you will. That, and that's an old boxing, that's an old boxing training technique from way back, right? No, no, no. That's an old boxing technique from way back. Mate, he's trying to raise money for men's <laughs> mental <laughs> health. You can take the mickey out of it all you want, Fido. Right? <laughs> I'll he's put try- a pup over here. He's, 
he's trying to um, he's trying to raise money for a very good cause, and he's trying yeah. to lose as much weight as he can. So, yeah. mate, you know he's yeah, serious whatever. when he's had to cut down on the amount of beer he drinks. No, no, I, no, I, 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 I was worried. I was worried that you were going to say you, you saw him wearing a man bag. That's what, I, what you were saying. I saw him with the tracksuit. I never. And then I was it, like, that would never happen. Oh, that no. would never happen. Like I, I was genuinely panicking there. I, I was about to lose all respect for Gordon Tallis. No, no, no. I, I will bin, draw bin the line there. Enough, You'll never wear that. Was, You'll I, never I, wear that. Genuinely panicking because I know he was into Payne Haas about the the man bag a couple of months ago. Oh, the I Louis thought, Vuitton. Like, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought, oh Mate. no, not go, not fat. Gordon's not. Not gone that step, has he? Surely Do you know the not? worst thing is, right? So I haven't really run since 2004 since like when I retired. Yeah, so like, yeah. I'm not a runner. I wasn't a strong trainer. I just touched every line. Anyway, I'm going and the little Billy's in the front, like, and I'm pushing him and he's weighing 20 kilos and it's an old Jeep jogger. So it's not even one of those good runners. It's an old pram. It's about 18 years old. And I started running and he started going, faster, Dad, I want to get home. I'm <laughs> <laughs> and I was about 4k from home, oh, and good. it's uphill all the way. Oh, and that. I got a three-year-old sledge me, and yeah. then I'm thinking, oh god, I got to this cafe right where like all the so-called infamous people and the famous people in Paddington eat, and I'm there, and then who's in there? Dobbo. And I thought there's a bit of shade. I'm going to get out of the sun for a little bit, and Dobbo's come out. He's got like all the icing, like all the dust all over his face, <laughs> so he's not paper. Like a couple of jelly tarts or whatever. That's not true. I was there doing investigative journalist with, with uh, I've got a story that I'm working on, and I was having a meeting, and I happened so to run into So what are you talking to those nuff-nuffs for? <laughs> <laughs> James Graham, over to you. Do you want me to talk to you? <laughs> <laughs> those drivelers? Get away. Uh, was, this, uh, was, this the, was this the lunch that you had to shout for? Um, no, it wasn't uh, the okay. lunch I had to oh, shout for. That have was something else. Have you wanted that yet? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Oh, that's yes, good I to see you're honouring yeah. your bets. Yes, yeah, so I have done that lunch, thank you. And you don't need to get involved in what I do with bets uh, mate, and something like that. I was just making sure you're, no. you're betting James track records. James Graham, no, no, it's not. Uh, you can keep out of it. James Graham, over to you. Yeah, um, my eye called BS uh, this week is uh, I was reading that Roosters duo, Jared Weir Hargreaves and Victor Radley, are going to enter an anger management course during the oh, course stop. of the off-season. I thought, well, isn't that something? Uh, I'm all for people trying to better themselves and, and look to change in behaviour, and it's never too late to, to make positive changes, but um, I don't know quite what you're going to get. Like, Jared's come towards the end of his career, and yeah, I... <laughs> Good, good luck. <laughs> How legitimate is this in all seriousness? I mean, I read this. This came through Molly's channels, and Molly's obviously come out and said <clears> this. <throat> it's not for them because Wayne Bennett made me do one. Mm-hmm. I think it's for the kids underneath you. So that article is not to change Jared because you're not going to change Jared. Not now. And you're not going to change Victor. And if you change them, mm-hmm. you're changing the fabric of That's those guys. But what it is is it's – it's a message to one of those guys. So I reckon he might send the next young guys through in that same class to see because when, um, when I was at the Bronx, Wayne made us do a leadership course. And I said, why? Like I'm like got like eight months to go. Mm. I learned from Mel Meninga, Laurie Daly, Brad Fittler, Alan Langer, Kevin Walters. I'm fine. I would talk to Alan Border. He lived down the road. I was just so leadership, I thought I had enough around me. So I knew what sort of leader I wanted to be and I wasn't going to compromise on my beliefs on where the club should be and the standards that I wanted to set. So I had to go see this leadership guy and the first meeting, he goes, oh, you know, uh, what happens if a guy turns up late? I tell him to go home like I did 
And if it's good enough for the 25 guys to be here on time, it's good enough for you. And if you're, and if we're not that important for you to be here, go home. He goes, yeah. I think that's the wrong way to look at it. You've got to oh, say I'm, that I'm puzzled. I'm puzzled <laughs> why you wouldn't want to be here on time. <laughs> yeah. I said, right. that will do me. But, I said, I'm, I just need to go to the toilet. I went mm. down to the cafe, got a, got a milkshake and a toasted yeah. sandwich. That's what I thought of the meeting. But it would have been good for the other guys on how to deal with the new kids coming through because maybe they couldn't have handled, you know, uh, the way we were spoken to as yeah. players. I'm just trying to think of Jared going into the first day of <laughs> oh, anger management. Like, also, Mr. Hargreaves, <laughs> uh, any any issues? I just want to get onto a field. I just uh, lose it a little bit. It's like, oh, okay, well, well, let, well, let's work on that. But like, how are you supposed to replicate that environment? What? Nah. You know, yeah, it's I, I, I get, what, I get it. What pushes what? your buttons, Jared? Yeah. What is it that gets you so rolled up? Um, have you? A what? Yeah. Oh, well, it's strange because you're getting positive reinforcement for behaving this way, and now you're here to want us to change that. I'm, I'm a yeah. bit confused as the facilitator of this Good course BS. about what the desired outcomes are with this. What Good would happen BS. if you guys, when I wake up and my Samsung alarm goes off, I want to smash it. <laughs> and then I get in the car and my next door neighbour says hello to me and I know that he puts his rubbish in my bin and I want to put him in there. <laughs> I want to go and put started. a brick through his window. And it's yeah. started at the beginning. So I really didn't have a BS today um, because I was going to leave the big fella alone. But um, Oh, this is your BS thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. obviously, like, this is a rugby league show, isn't it? Mm. So... Like we love rugby league and it's finals time. Greatest game of all. No, no. Yeah. Um, and it's finals time. So what do you want to do? We you want to watch, watch footy. So Friday night, mm. you want to watch it, don't Parramatta you? and the Raiders. Yeah. Yes. So that's what you want to watch because that's what one we're talking about. One of the games huh? of the season. Yeah, right. Oh, here we go. Can here I just go. roll the here tape on you one know. Ben Dobbin? Oh. Good afternoon, Liesl Jones. Good afternoon, Liam Flanagan. Yes, looking forward to a great weekend full of footy. Good afternoon, Dobbo. Hello, Liesl. Yeah, you... Go to the Lions. I'm watching the Lions tonight. Well, so, I remember when <laughs> Liam Flanagan was on the show and oh our man Buzz goes, why do you have like an AFL guy running? Well, we've got a new AFL guy. So, Dobby, uh, after the bounce, we've just got you a show, right? Um, and it's on at the back burner of Adelaide hey, listen, somewhere in the hills. Tell and me you've got your own show in Adelaide now. So, when you're on a rugby league show, right, and we're number one, yeah. like you keep on ringing up Buzz and all those guys to get your article in there, right, make sure that you watch rugby Rugby league. Hey, listen. And make I sure that when you're in a rugby league market, as in Queensland <laughs> and in New South Wales, true, you don't know. sit there and try to Hold barrack on. a team like Fitzroy or whatever their name is from Melbourne. Right. Okay. I'm going to just counteract this and hoops, you're going to get involved. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Festa. Um, now, I will say this that you noticed there was a very hard edit on that. I'm going to watch the Lions. And the Raiders at the same time. I've got two TVs at the palatial out at Ipswich. But now he's got two TVs. Yeah. Well, mate, you can ask my wife. I actually did that. And you know what? I was supporting them. Then once I knew the lines were dusted, I just went back and full-time focused on that. But, mate, you know what? (laughs) This is the difference between you and me. I'm a sports journalist. I am a sports (laughs) journalist. (laughs) I'm a journalist as well. (laughs) Oh, my God. Whoa. That's what happens, mate. A sports show is something that's sports. on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you're, you're, you're all, 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 all rolled into one. 
And investigative you know you can, journalist. Oh, mate, you've got it all, Dobbo, don't you? You know you can split the screen. My wife, she can do this for us at home sometimes. You can split the screen on the TV. So if you my do want to watch black two and white programs, still, I've still got a black and come white Come on, TV. mate. You've got a yeah. couple in the palatial abode oh. up at Ipswich. <laughs> yeah, oh. You've got a BS. Move on from me, Anyway, please. so, mate, so, you know, with Ricky, because you're a Raiders man, aren't you? So what does Ricky think of you watching the Lions oh, instead of the Raiders? <laughs> I'll save I'm you, Dobbo. I'll save yeah. you. Uh, my BS this week, look, is, is you know, we copped a bit of heat uh, about the yarn that we did about the Parramatta Reels uh, Thursday leading into Friday's game. But um, behind the scenes, yeah, there was all sorts of spin going on. So I'm just calling BS on some of the trick shots that uh, people tried to play to make sure that the story didn't see the light of day. Because when you get to that stage, generally it does mean that you're onto something and that... Um, people have got vested interests and they're trying to protect things. So yeah. that's my BS. Yeah, well, you did a good job, Two Scoops Hoops. You were unbelievable. In fact, it's the first week you've actually delivered over the last couple of, you know, <laughs> oh, really improved. Easy, easy. As I said, Listen, I've Ray been Martin, in discussions. I've been in discussions. He's Mate, been in discussions with After the Bounce. All three ben you <laughs> are on notice. And so the last couple of weeks are very important for your careers. Mate, we're going to take a break, come zero. back. We're going to take a break lines, and come mate. back <laughs> Sunday, Sydney <laughs> on Triple M. The Triple M. Sunday Sinbin. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin for Apricity Finance. James Graham, Gordon Tallis, James Hooper and Ben Dobbin with you. Coming up this hour, we've got James Graham's toughest player. We're going to look at the Sharks and their way forward. But last night, it was the Rabbitohs. They were clear-cut winners, 38 points to 12, and they were really, really made a big statement last night. Their coach is a regular on this show. Jason Demetrio joins us. JD, thanks so much for being with us. You must be a happy man heading towards a prelim. Yeah, hey, Dubbo. Um, yeah, happy, mate. Uh, got through the game and was uh, defended really well, which was important for us. A bit to tie it up with our errors or forced errors, but, um, yeah, well, no doubt we'll fix that up this week. Jason, I uh, was at the most. Oh, sorry, mate. It's Gordy. I uh, was at the most pleasing sign uh, for you guys. Um, obviously, the Roosters last week was what fourteen points, and last night again. Yeah, for sure, Gordy. I think it's something that's um, been a trademark of our game over the last six weeks. Other than the last round twenty-five, I mean, a few blokes missing, but yeah, I thought there was a period in the first half where that a lot of ball on our line, and we just kept turning them away, and then went up the other end and and posted points. I thought that was important period for us to get some confidence through our defence, but also break their resolve a little bit, and uh, that's what finals is all about. JD, it's Jimmy Graham here. Congratulations on the win, and uh, you get to face Penrith next week. But just on that game against Cronulla, were you surprised at just how quickly and easily you guys scored through Mark Nichols early in the piece? Yeah, I was. Yeah, um, Jimmy, uh, I thought just felt like that's probably what contributed to some of our errors. You know, it, it sort of coming a bit easier than we anticipated, and we were getting standing in tackles a lot, and the temptation there was just to push passes. We didn't need to push, but, yeah, we felt early in the game that um, we had the momentum and probably played pretty comfortably, which has um, worked out well for us coming up into a big clash. JD, congratulations. Enormous job from yourself and the side to be in a prelim in your first season as a head coach. What I was going to ask was, in relation to the unforced errors in your completion rate, is it a bit of a double-edged sword with the Bunnies? Because you do like to take some risks and ask a lot of questions, and it is part of that style that you play. But with that, uh, it can also lead to those couple of things. Yeah, for sure. We, we're going to have to play here. We're going to have to push 
push the boundaries a little bit and go after points against a very good defensive side in Penrith. But I think it was the unforced ones. Just standing there throwing an offload to somebody who's not in a better position than you. I think they're the ones that we need to cut out. You're going to make errors in game. There's no doubt about that. But uh, we definitely need to cut down, especially the yardage runs. We can't uh, give Penrith field position or I'm just a pin on our trial line and ask us to do that kind of defending for, for 80 minutes. But I've no doubt we'll, t- we'll tidy it up and um, we'll get ready for next week. Can you give us an injury update, JD, on your players? Obviously, there's a you know, we, we heard about Jai and then and Alex Johnson as well, who didn't finish the game. Just where are those players at? And, and are you confident you'll have everybody right for next week? Yeah, Jai's fine. He's um, he's carried a groin for for a while, pretty much since post Origin. He just got tight, squeezed up a bit in that tackle, and uh, he said he wanted to stay out there. But we had obviously the, the score was on in our favour, and we had interchanges left, so we just got him off. So he'll be fine for next week. And uh, AJ's got um, some good news with his scan. It's nothing too major, so he'll be um, he'll be touch and go, but confident he'll get through the week and hopefully be able to play. And uh, just waiting for Saliba really scan it results to come in, and um, we'll make an assessment from there. But we don't know at the moment. It was obviously an epic game uh, the last weekend. Uh, sorry, I beg your pardon. The first weekend in October last year, I refer to the grand final. Do you revisit that at all this week and some of the lessons that you learned out of that game, JD? Or um, not really. I think obviously we do. I think it was you know we played them in the in the final series in the first week that year as well, and last year, and um, you know managed to get get the result, but um, got, gave it away in in the grand final. So there's learnings from both those games and. Uh, and a game a few weeks ago, although the, the two halves didn't play, we similar style of game. They came after us defensively and uh, eventually got us at the back end. So we've got to prepare ourselves for 80 minutes. Um, we're playing good footy at the moment. We'll go in there with some confidence. And um, you know, the most important thing is we don't beat ourselves. And if Penrith are good enough, they, we're going to make them beat us. JD, just looking ahead to this clash, and it's obvious the impact of Nathan Cleary. Uh, we saw last year you guys do a really good job in in closing him down. Parramatta uh, a couple of weeks ago when they played, I thought they give him way too much time and space. Is that going to be a key focus point for for the group this week? Yeah, it, it is obviously, uh, Jamo. You've got to get after him, but you've got to control the ruck as well. If you can't control the ruck speed, then you're going to be kicking on the front foot, and he's kicking yeah. game second and none. So. It's a big job for our fours, especially on plays four and five, to make sure we're getting some control of that rock so we, that rock so we can get some kick pressure on him and and make life difficult. But you know, it's it's always a plan. But you know, that's why Penrith are where they are because it's it's not easy to do. They they make it hard for you to do it. Lockie Ilias up against Billy Kickout. What do you say to him this week, JD? Um, get your shoulder pads on and rip in, son. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, he's got he's, blonde hair and he's yeah. six foot five. He's done a great job of him in, in the, the last two times we play him. Lockie's defence over the last two weeks has been second to none. So um, we said that all along with, with Lockie. The physicality doesn't uh, – he's not in awe of it. He's, he's happy to get dirty and that's important trait for a young half coming into first grade. You must have breathed a bit of a sigh of relief when you saw the charge sheet today and Junior Tatola, he's obviously been hit with a fine, but nothing more serious than that. How did you see that? Yeah, I, like I said, after the game, I, I thought it was a fine, but um, you cross your fingers, toes, and hope to say your prayers and all that when you goes to the committee and hope that um, they get it right. So I think they did. You know, there was no intent there, and um, yeah, fine's probably adequate. Hey, Jace, young, young Trell Mitt, as he likes to call himself these days, there's, he's just so rare. As a player, do you have to say a lot to him as a coach or you just let him beat to his own drum? 
Oh, not really. I think, um, yeah, I think it's about beating to the team's drum and I think that's been the most impressive thing about Latrell. He's obviously um, he's very different to most players in terms of the attention that he gets both on and off the field. Yes. But when he's inside our, our changing rooms and he's inside the four walls, he's all about the team and that's what makes him infectious and that's what the players adhere to. So he's doing a great job in that leadership role. He's a superstar. There's no two ways about it. No, I mean, you've been around some great footballers. What, what makes him so special in your eyes? Oh, I suppose it's just his natural ability, obviously, with his skill level, but his size and his presence, uh, similar to what GI did, but his skill level is just um, up there with some of the best halves in the comp as well. So he's got it all, but, uh, I mean, he's a competitor. He, he wants to win, and uh, he pushes that boundary all the time, and I think that's what people like. Another thing that must give you confidence at this time of the year, JD, is the former year number six, his partner in crime in Cody Walker. The last couple of weeks and the back half of the season, it feels as though he's really been building towards something special and also adapting to the fact that you have got a new halfback and he is a rookie in his first season and Adam Reynolds isn't there anymore. Yeah, I think the evolution of Lockie's been important in that as well. He's not having to coach as much on the field now. Lockie's really comfortable with his own role and Cody's able to sit back and, um, you know, Lockie's making some of the calls as, as much as Cody is, so that's giving him the freedom to run. And I think he's building his combination with Cookie again as well, which has been important for us, and um, it'll be important this weekend. Well, it's a big one, um, and we look, obviously we'll be covering this on Triple M. Uh, Saturday night, the Panthers take on South Sydney. JD, you've done a phenomenal job. It, it was a, it was a hard year with some of the injuries you had with Latrell, and obviously um, in the off season you're losing your, your number seven in Adam Reynolds. You've done a phenomenal job um, with this side, and I know that they are right in the mix. But through to another prelim for South Sydney, you must be excited. Well done, um, and go well next Saturday night. I know if any team uh, knows how to play Penrith at South Sydney, the, the rivalry over the last few years has been phenomenal. So best of luck, and thanks so much for being with us today. No worries. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Good on you. Jason Demetrio. Woo! The Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin. Hoops, Jimmy Graham, Raging Bull, Gordon Tallis, Ben Dobbin with you. Sunday afternoon. Hope you're enjoying it across uh, Queensland and the South East or on the listener app. Um, and obviously, um, we've got so much to get through. James Graham's toughest player is coming up. Uh, there is a really good podcast, and I'll say this before we get under it. And, and James Graham, you're part of this called the Head Noise. It is, um, it is so important what you're doing um, in raising awareness and looking at um, future directions of where we'd go as a sport and as people go with around this area of concussion. And I want to get into this chat because I think the NRL come the end of the season, have got to do something in the sense of trying to look at a different way to go about how they're going with their protocols. There's obviously a lot going on, and the concussion policy at the moment in the NRL, to me, it's it, it it's too light on. It really is. Um, you've been strong on this, James Graham, and you've, and you've done a lot of work away from this in your podcast, The Head Noise. Have the NRL got the concussion policy at the moment wrong? Uh, look, I think there's there's definitely um, room to upgrade. I think at the moment it's 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 based on honesty uh, yep. from the players. We look at other sports. You know, they in in most of the sports around the world, if you fail a head assessment injury uh, or you're diagnosed with a concussion, you're certainly not playing the week later. 
Um, so, uh, as a game, for instance, we saw Moses return uh, after a big knockout. Cameron Murray. So over in the <clears throat> in the Super League, um, Brody Croft, who many of the listeners would remember, he was not, he failed a HIA. He didn't play the semi final this weekend for Salford. He missed that game. Also. Aiden Caesar played for Leeds, the halfback for Leeds. He's failed a HIA, and I believe he will be out of the grand final. No oh, questions no. asked. So, because so he failed a HIA. Is that where we need to get to? Well, and, and it, is that possible? It's it's incredibly complex. It's incredibly co- yeah. complex because, like I say, you reco- you're required to be honest. Like obviously, the the big knockout ones that we all see, there's no questions asked. But it's the ones that we don't always see or there's that yeah. little bit of grey area where players oh. may be inclined because they know they're going to miss games. They may not but be... Isn't there, a, no, uh, isn't there an app going around, Gordy, and, and there's there's some medical medical research going on, and this is only... And I've only had a couple of conversations in the last literally six months about this, where the players are eventually going to have their eyes where you can... They, they read your eyes at the beginning of the season... And after that, when you get concussed, they actually can monitor your eyes and they that can tell from a medical perspective whether or not you are right. So it doesn't matter what you say, yeah. you potentially could fail the medical test off well, the back of um, this test. Well, that's part of it, Dobber, where technology is going to come to take over in this space where it takes away that subjectivity and takes away the pressure that is on the individual. Um, I'm a big... I'm a firm believer that I believe the coaches need to be really hard on this. They need to drive this yeah. cultural change because players listen to their coach. There is also some technology there around blood biomarkers, which again then would take it out of the players' hands. I know what it's like being in that position, knocked out on a Saturday. We've got a big finals game on the Friday. In that, I felt okay to play, but inside that pressure cooker, I didn't want to let my team or my teammates down. Yeah, you got it. It's got to be taken out of the players' and coaches' hands. It's got to be yeah. taken, and we got great doctors in our game. It's got to be sat down like the knights at the round table, and whatever they come up with, we've all got to buy into. And when I say we, I mean the media, the players, the coaching staff, all the organisations have to buy in for I, the betterment of it. I do think they do need some consultation and, and input from the players, though, as well. Yes. Because, you know, we, we've got to understand from the athlete's perspective, the athlete's psyche. I, I, I've said this so many times recently, but if you look up um, Goldman's dilemma, that's just a little sample of just the psyche of an athlete, what you're prepared to sacrifice. Obviously, what is we, it, Goldman? Goldman's dilemma. So it's a, basically a dilemma. They were given it. They asked a question of Olympic athletes. You take this pill, you win your gold, but five years later you die, and the you know the the numbers change over the years of the answer to this hypothetical this hypothetical question. So that's a bit of the athlete psyche. So we need to get those the athletes into the room because you know if we just had a full health and safety health and safety perspective, perhaps our game wouldn't exist. So it's important that we get the current players involved in the conversations and educate them as well. Like I'm, I was so naive to what a concussion actually was. I didn't realize that the, by definition, I've had way oh, more oh, than oh, what oh. I would have officially recorded. But mm. I've got to say in terms of, for me, I, I know there was some criticisms last week of the game between South Sydney and the Sydney Roosters because of the number of foul plays happening. But let's one thing that stood out for me, the best get the best player in the game was removed from the field of play after 20 minutes for a cat, category two and didn't return to the field of play. Now, I, I can almost, I 
be willing to bet my bottom dollar that wouldn't have happened four or five years ago. No, so he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been yes. removed from the field yeah. of play. He can would I, have stayed on and he would have continued the game without a shadow advocate. of a doubt. Can I play devil's advocate here is just say we go out, say smoking, for instance, right? There's a label on the cigarettes now. Smoking kills you. Yeah. Definite. Right? Mm. One thing that all the doctors say that if you smoke, you got your foot on the accelerator to death. What about if I go, I'm happy to sign a waiver. I am I am so happy that I'll never come back from the game that if I don't get carried off or I get a bit of a head noise, I want a head knock. I am so happy to sacrifice and take the yeah. risk of playing next week. Well, I, I, I think, Gordy, I'm... I'm again. I reiterate the point that it is so complex, but I believe in information to to the players and an empowerment of the individual. Not necessarily telling them what to do, but telling them like, "Hey, here are some of the risks yeah. that involve that you may not be able to comprehend right now because you're young men or young women that and, are pursuing this sport in excellence." And it's, there's so, a great so article difficult. of Mario Fennick in the paper yeah. today, and get a Mario and have him talk and you know just get as much information as we can. And let's just have a sit down and have a great talk. And that's it. Let, let's not don't have anyone plead ignorance. No, and don't have anyone. Everything's sleep. on the yeah. table, warts yeah. and all. Yeah, don't have anyone. You know, sleepwalk through life and then get surprised when they get to forty and fifty and they've got cognitive issues because there Oops. are actually steps you can take. And this is where it's a bit for me. There's a big don't area. Take forty or fifty. There's I had a, four or five. There's a there's a big area for 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 <laughs> me that's under resourced and that's in the you know in the. Um, in the retired players area, yeah. we've got to push for this annual brain, body, and mind checkup because it could have such a significant difference. We're great at crisis intervention. We're great at headlines and putting together things. And but for me, the the brain, body, and mind checkup can just be a simple like prevention strategy or intervention strategy to get yeah, someone on it's the just right knowing. path. Hoops, do you think the NRL are serious about trying to tackle this? Because I see what James is doing, and and you should everybody should go and listen to that podcast. Head noise, it's quite unbelievable, and and what it's trying to do, and and there there is it. But you're going to have players in every walk of life that don't want to let their team, their teammates down, their fans, the sponsors by getting back out on the field. And and I know what Gordy's saying. I understand that completely. That there are some people who go, you know what? I'll sign a waiver. I don't care. I want to play football. That's what the job. But I think the more awareness we, we, we get, uh, that there has to be a responsibility from the game. Now, I'm not talking about individual. The game has to obviously come down and say, listen, if you get knocked out and concussed, you are doing a week out no matter what. I don't care if you pass and jump through hoops and can remember the alphabet backwards. I don't care you're doing it and, and it's being assessed by individual doctors outside of the club. That It is being done by well, independent doctors. They're already in the game, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, but, but – yeah, but it's yeah. Dobbo. This is my point. That is basically just an honesty test. Mm. Have you had any headaches this week? No, no but it shouldn't be that. If you well, get concussed, well, okay, you're out. so the, yeah, so well, so Dobbo. this is well. Some doctors are pushing for a minimum of twenty-eight days stand down. Like that's what that's what some of the experts are telling us. Unlike other pelicans in the media, Dobbo, I don't want to weigh into what is an extremely serious medical issue because I'm about as far removed from a medical expert as you could oh, yeah. possibly get. Right. But we've just sat here and Gordy bought the fight between uh, Canelo Alvarez and Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, earlier today. So we've had that on the television here in the studios behind us and we've been watching it. Now, it's been a ripping contest. It's gone the distance. They're about to go to the scorecards now. 
if one of those blokes got knocked out the way that Victor Radley or Mitchell Moses got knocked out, they wouldn't fight or spar or do anything for three months minimum. Now, that's according to medical experts in the sport of boxing, right? So, obviously, it's different in relation to rugby league. I'm not going to wade into it, Dobbo, because seriously, I'll be doing, no, it, a, I'll be doing it a disservice. You've, but you've said enough. That's, you've, that's how boxing handles the issue of concussion, and then you've got the way that rugby league handles it. All sports handle it differently. Yeah, and, and Hoops, to, to, to your point there, I, I know what you're saying, but with rugby league, we can't afford the luxury on a week-to-week basis to... To, to sit people out for three months. Yeah. Right? I, well, but oh, however, however, but it, having said that, it has happened where a player has set out for a sustained period of time. And I've also I've got to commend your hoops because you've said you've you, you're happy to remove yourself from a, an area that you don't know anything about. If only Dobbo would take that advice because he is about as far removed from an investigative <laughs> journalist <laughs> that he claims to be one. So <laughs> it's good to have some integrity in this show. Life. You absolutely <laughs> you turned on me, right? I could. Tell you what, uh, Ginger, you and I punch. are going to have some issues after this show today. I can tell you right now. We'll take a break, come back. Well said. Uh, Sunday Sinbin. The Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back to Sunday Sinbin. All thanks to Apricity Finance, Finance uh, our good friends, Lyndon, uh, Lyndon Tull. He's a wonderful man. And uh, look, I look forward to working with him in the off-season. Obviously, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we're working on and just want to thank Apricity for their loyalty towards me over the last couple of weeks as well. They've been very, very good. What, What's going on behind the scenes that you're working on? Doesn't matter. It's something that I'm oh, working okay. with. You've got a couple of things with on Tony the board, Army yeah. and with Lyndon. Um, yeah, very good people, Tony and Lyndon. Dobbo's going to start people. an AFL show when he wants a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's mate, a funny joke. That's a funny joke, Gordy. Well, you might be seventh then. You might get. I thought we, I thought he might have got the chihuahua out again. Then remember we had the chihuahua. Yeah. No, that's you, lap dog. <laughs> you just follow Gordy because you wouldn't want to have your own opinion. You just follow Gordy. Uh, no, <laughs> mate, you're getting stuck into a legend for no reason. Who's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the legend around mate. here? Please, James Graham's the, the only ball. legend in this room. He's Tearing. the only legend in this ball in this room, mate. Thank you very much. Tearing now, listen, into the raging ball from a thousand <laughs> kilometres away. Yeah, there we go. Here we go. Yeah, well, you know what? I want to talk about another legend. That's this is Cameron how it Munster. started. Pink. You know the last. Blake's name was a colour. Listen here, Pink. You said <laughs> loud. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Tony and Lyndon, <laughs> yeah, very good man, they, Lyndon Toll. I hope you've got all your affairs in order, have you, Dobbo? Is everything? Yes, yeah. everything is right. Yeah? Thank Are you, you sure? very much. Yes. It's that time of the year. You've got to make sure. Yes. All, no, all you don't need to bring it. No, I'm listen, just making sure. I've told I know you you're three, a busy man. You can go on with all you want. <laughs> you won't rattle me. I ain't walking out of here. So you can all three of you, you can start the crap you want. It's not happening. Now, listen. I tell you what, it would be a big handle to rattle him. <laughs> um, mate, can I, um, can I please um, get on to Cameron Munster? Uh, yep. It's now being reported. Hoops, I'm going to come to you straight up with this. Yep. Mate, please. It, surely the West Tigers. I know that they've come out and said they're interested in them. Benji Marshall and Tim Shin, you'd be crazy if you didn't. Now, we what we do know is that, Melbourne, he, he has declined to sign, re-sign with Melbourne, and he's using November 1 as the date where negotiations start. Break the Nasta is obviously his manager. All roads to me lead that the Dolphins are the front runners at the present moment. 
throw in the West Tigers. Now, you put Dewey and you put, um, you know, obviously they've got, um, you know, Papali'i going there, Api Corusau going there. There's every chance you bring Cam Munster there in 24. This makes the West Tigers look a lot better than where they're currently sitting. But I just don't think... There's, there's a lot of truth to it that Munster would even consider going to the West Tigers. Dobbo, with all due respect, there's more chance of you and I becoming either astronauts or brain surgeons than Think. Munster going to the Tigers. Why and is that's, that? that's no, well, because well, like, you've only got to look, they've just got the wooden spoon. You look at it from an outside point of view, Gordon, the, the headlines around that club are consistently negative. Um, there's a lot of leaks at the joint. Uh, the bloke who's been in charge for the last seven years and has presided over a lot of shortcomings and failures. His position seems to be safe consistently somehow. Um, So it just doesn't look like a joint that... If you're a player who's off contract, that's not a club that you're going, oh, I'd like... Jeez, I don't mind having a look over the fence there. Let's let's go and see what they can offer us at Concord. Even if they could match the the salary cap dollars of of Melbourne and or... Uh, the Dolphins, they, they can't attract the same third parties that he could demand if he, if he moves up to Radcliffe. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But I'll, I'll say this, with the in, in terms of the salary cap money and money that he's actually legitimately on the salary cap, so comes out of the grant that the NRL gives to all 16 clubs, the West Tigers have made it abundantly clear that they would be prepared to pay more than the Redcliffe Dolphins. So, and I'm just... Spitballing oh, as in on the salary on the cap. I'm just spitballing the numbers here, Jimmy. Yeah. Right, but the, the the theory is Redcliffe as a starting point will offer him about 1.4 million dollars a season, and that'll be a four year offer. Okay, yeah. so that's a significant. You're looking at about 5.6 mil. Wow. The Tigers would be prepared as a starting spot to say one point go to 1.5, and they would be prepared to go to a five year deal. So that might, yeah. would make that a seven million dollar offer. Now all of that. Is completely legitimate on the salary cap. Yeah, well, crack yeah. bang, straight up and down transaction. Whereas, yes, there would be some third parties that he could attract if he went to the Dolphins. Absolutely, because he would be the face of a new club in Queensland. He's got a choice to make. Yeah, the choice is I go to a strong franchise, which is maybe a Broncos stay at Melbourne. Um, or I don't think he's staying in Melbourne. He's not Gordy. staying if he in was Melbourne. Staying Gordy. in Melbourne, he would have told him by now. Yep. Or he goes to another organisation and he either really struggles, and when I say that, that's Redcliffe Tigers or whatever he goes to, or he picks another strong organisation and takes what is reasonable money, which is yeah. it's not going to be fantastic money, but, think- but I think it's either you're going to enjoy your footy, you're going to really enjoy your footy, get some success, or you're going to be every week yeah. just slogging it out. That, mm. He doesn't want he doesn't want the next four years to be a slog. That's for sure. I, I, in, in my opinion, I well, think that I, to, think he, I, I think you get very. If he goes to the Dolphins, I think it is. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, if oh, he goes there, right? I know they've signed senior forwards. Some would say that some of them might be a little bit past their best, right? But if they were to get Munster as a circuit breaker, and then you know, because you've been coached by him, Gordon, Wayne has got one of the best contact books in the business. He's going at some stage, but if he gets Munster, and he knows this, if he gets Munster, then he's got his big fish, and then he can build around him. I just wonder, with his recent, since um, Pappenhausen 
was ruled out. He moved to, uh, he Full spent back. a lot of time at fullback. Mm. I wonder if a club like the Bulldogs would make a play for him as a fullback. I think they've certainly had that conversation. Yeah. I think they certainly have had that conversation. Mm. But again, it's going to come down to, I don't think for this decision, Dobbo, for Cameron Munster, it's not going to be all about money. We should make that really blatantly clear. It's not all about dollars and cents for him. I think he does, from an outside point of view, to me, it looks as though he must be looking for a different challenge. He's he wants his, to go to Queensland, from what I've heard. Well, that yeah, would make sense. That's some of his I, mates I think, his, I, think wife, his, like I think his wife's family's up there. Yeah, He's correct. obviously originally a Rockhampton boy. boy. It makes a bit of sense. Good country there. Yeah. yeah. So, Brisbane are a chance. It looks like he's coming to the Titans, guys. But you heard it first. <laughs> would you? Would the Titans be interested in him, Gordy? Every club's interested. They've gone on the record saying they are. Every club. Yeah. Um, mate, I'm telling you, every club except for probably Penrith. Yes. You would think every club would say, don't and don't even write off the like. If probably if it wasn't that big Souths, because I don't think Souths would have the money. They're trying to re-sign Latrell and Cody, but. Otherwise, oh, everybody made, Dom else. I said a month ago that Latrell's at Redcliffe. No, I didn't. Are you standing, no, no, no. Yes. You're standing oh, yes. by that? What I said I was... I thought that was a special investigation. I said, I said, you'd be very careful. Uh, oh. I said, <laughs> I said this, if Munster, doesn't, if Munster doesn't, Munster doesn't get to the Dolphins, don't be surprised if Wayne goes after Latrell Mitchell. And he has gone on and said that he would be interested on the record and that was something that I bought here as a scoop. How did Wayne receive that when that was made public? What's a well, scoop? I'm not is, sure. Is I'm not scoop, sure. Is scoop like a lot of information? You're like can a I, lot of ice Can cream? I just say this now? Is I scoop would like, like to a lot. Like, like, can I put my credentials know. forward here, please? Yeah. I would like to say in the course of the last nine weeks, I've It'll brought a lot a of exclusively breaking news to this show. What are they? Now, well, you've just brought one, Latrell Mitchell. That was, well, that was one of them. I would suggest it hasn't happened. happened I would suggest. That's just a guessing. That is not breaking a story. That is guessing. I would suggest that I have bought more in mail to this show in nine weeks than a certain member of this who. Tell me. James Hooper. Just tell me what you brought. That would be what I'd say. I'd say two scoops. I would say, Dobbo, we'll go over the tapes and we'll stack it all up, right? <laughs> no, I don't think How we need to do that. How many things I've said have actually come to, to fruition? Hey, no, and how many things we you've said that. that you've just bowled out of the back of the hand hey, listen, and mate, gone for a listen, little bit of a hit? Take it as gospel. Greg Inglis will be at the Broncos next year. You remember that one? No, that was never – I've never said that. Yeah, no, mate, no, you know, we'll get that tape and we'll play that next week. Yeah, you can do that. You can do that, Fester. Um, Billy yeah, Slater will be coaching Queensland. I think it was Paul Green. Yeah, mate, did, he coach, more, did, he, did he coach Queensland? Yes, he did. Jermaine Asake will later. be at Parramatta this year <laughs> and he went to the Titans. You want to have any more? You know what, mate? You've got to get a few wrong. When you, when you break as many stories as me – uh, you've got to get a few wrong, mate. You don't get them always right. It's called a lost leader, so people think, oh, at least he's working. I don't want to break my sources, so sometimes I have to take a hit up and obviously a bit of a fall so I don't reveal my sources that are talking to me constantly throughout <laughs> Queensland and Australia. I'm going to take a break. <laughs> the Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M rocks footy. Yeah, welcome back. Sunday Sinbin after 3 o'clock. We're going to talk about chances of Matt Lodge playing for Australia. We're also going to preview both prelims and the Raging Bull for Apricity Finance will be back as well. well it's, big coming off the, it's big yeah. this week. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's, I'm coming been, off, he's been winding I'm up all day. Well, I can tell you now, you can stop rattling around your chips um, while we're doing this you and know stop what it eating. Is? It's your what? rundown scoop. 
Yeah, right I don't on. want it. Hoops is right in the new run. I've just had a text message, just to, to go on that, I've just had a text message from another hard-hitting journalist in Australia who just said, don't worry, Dobbo, to make an omelette, you have to break a few eggs, and that's exactly what I do on a daily basis. Thank you, Reedy. Okay, no, it wasn't Reedy at all, thank you. As I said, it was a, a hard-hitting so was journalist. It? I'm not going to say his name. Hard-hitting. So no, I, I don't think I don't Ray break Hadley would have your I number. Break, I don't break people's confidentiality when they tell me stuff. I keep it to myself. So what a thank fiddly. You, Mate, you're breaking on Channel 9. Triple M every Something I learned a long time ago, self-praise is no praise, mates. Anyway, James Graham, toughest, uh, toughest player of the round. Thanks to Mitsubishi Triton, engineer beyond tough. Nothing can frighten a Triton. Over to you, big fella. Yeah, well, the, this week was pretty difficult. I thought plenty of players put their hand up in that Parramatta um, team on Friday evening. And, yeah, for me, the, the toughest player of the round was uh, the 5-8 for, for Parramatta in Dylan Brown. I thought he was absolutely sensational um, on, one of the stat, on one of the stats, I think, on the NRL stats. They had him down for 29 carries. 321 metres ran. And more importantly, just we talk about people getting stuck in, the importance of him. He had 73 receives of the ball. That's double what Moses had. Moses had about 35, I think, and nearly 30 more than Gutherson. Like, that is phenomenal for him to get that many touches of the football. It's pretty incredible when you consider the the strike weapons that they, they have and just usually just how much Moses dictates the play. Well, he rated his performance the week earlier against the Panthers a 4 out of 10, and then he gave himself an 8 out of 10 for Friday night. I reckon he's probably sold himself a bit short Friday yeah. night. That's the best game we've seen Dylan Brown play, and he'll need to replicate it in Townsville Absolutely for Parramatta will, to be a yeah. good shake of trying to continue and kick into a grand final. He's a superstar, um, and and obviously he's he sought after as well. I mean, Parramatta are lucky to have him at the moment. That's the big thing. I mean, Parramatta, as well as they're going, hoops they could lose a few of these players. You know, they're coming off contract, and none of them are really willing to negotiate at the moment. No, it's a good point. Look, you don't want contract yeah, negotiations want going negotiations. on. It's like, it's like when people start talking about contract negotiations during the origin period. You it's just horrible. Go, Mate, no, not the right. It's such a scene, distraction. The, people right talking time. about money in a in a time when it's about hard work yeah. and sacrifice. Yeah. So they they've uh, put a full stop on it for the time being. The Eels they obviously desperately want to keep Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses as their key playmakers. But in relation to Dylan Brown. Now, I did hear as recently as last week that other clubs are going to be prepared to throw a lot of money at Dylan. So Melbourne. We're getting we're getting close to a million dollars, you know. Yeah. So Melbourne Storm, they're front and centre. Well, That's of the, course the, they are. What because about, what about the New Zealand spine at the World Cup? It's impressive, isn't it? What about the Ford Pack? <laughs> Joe Tarpany, mm. Fisher Harris. Yeah, we're really going to be a very very good Nelson. side. The I tell you what, Parramatta want to make sure that. Out of there. Parramatta want to make sure that they do get something sorted out because they'll be riding in George Street at Parramatta, the fans, if they don't get that sorted out. And, and it'll be and Cumberland I, Oval all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't. Now, listen, we're not going that. <laughs> no, mate, hey, what's your scoop on that? No, I haven't, got a, I haven't got a scoop. We'll okay. leave that to the big man. We're going to take a break, come back, uh, and this is the Sunday sin bin for Apricity Finance on Triple M. You're with James Hooper, Ben Dobbin, uh, the raging bull, uh, Gordon Tallis, and the great James Hooper and James Graham. We'll take a break. Be back with more. Triple M. 
Sunday Sinbin. Triple M rocks footy. Welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin for Apricity Finance. Gordy, James Super, James Graham. Not far away, the Raging Bull segment. Gordy's going to tee off. Uh, looking forward to that. We'll preview both prelims for next week. But the release came out on Friday, guys, uh, regarding the Australian Rugby League Commission announcing the men's uh, Prime Minister's 13 to take on PNG at Suncorp Stadium next Sunday. Now, this is off the back of, it's in some ways a bit of a trial before the World Cup squad gets selected. And I am completely at a loss to why Matt Lodge wasn't selected in this. Now, they've selected Tino, who's a dead-set lock for the Australian side. Um, Tom Flegler, you would think he's done it up as well. Carrigan will be there. You've got, obviously, the Saifidi brothers. You've got Regan Campbell-Gillard, who's playing there. But Matt Lodge, to me, is, regardless of what he's done in the past, he's No, 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 no. No, no, Gordy, just leave me out for a minute. What he has done to turn his life around and... We are about forgiveness in this game, and then the football no, quality that he has shown has been quite unbelievable. He has been exceptional for the Roosters. I cannot believe that he uh, hasn't been named. You're wrong. The Australian jersey is bigger than anybody else, and it comes a standard off the field as well as on the field. It's as simple as that. Well, there so, are players no, 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 that have no, no, represented no. this country that out. have done listen. very bad things. Listen here, mate. If I listen to you, you got to listen to me. Blokes went away in a rusty tin boat to fight for that. No question. Right? To fight for us. So that jersey is bigger than anything else. So remember when Andrew Fafida played and all that kind of stuff? The guy, the Australian jersey, I think it stands above everybody else. It stands above club. It stands above it. And then if I'm the Australian coach, you pick who you want and has to fit into the squad. Anthony Mundine was another one. No one who was a clean skin. He said something wrong. He didn't play because, oh, mate, he used to say all these outlandish things. The jersey sometimes stands above everybody else, which what is the best team that's going to go away and represent the people? So if there was a poll, Dobbo, and if his whole rap sheet come out and said, do you want that guy representing you? You can tick yes. I might tick yes. Some people might tick no. Clearly, Dobbo, his cards have been marked, and I think the reason why he hasn't been picked in the Prime Minister's 13 is because there's clearly been a decision from Mal Meninga and the power brokers within the Kangaroos setup, that he's not going to be any chance of making the 24-man World Cup squad. Therefore, we don't see any benefit in giving sure. him a crack with the Prime Minister's 13 either. And Dobbo, let me just tell you something about Matt Lodge. West Tigers didn't want him. I think Melbourne moved him on. I think Penrith moved him on. I think Brisbane moved him on. I think the Warriors moved him on. One club has kept him and liked him. Brisbane moved him on. He moved on from the Warriors. He asked for a release. Yeah, okay. I think, it was, so that, I I think, think it was mutual I, once his father-in-law got booted out. Well, I'm not defending what his actions have done in the past, but I do think that he has shown You are defending him because you no, want him I to think, wear no, I get the jersey. Where, I get no, where no, Dobbo's come from. Dobbo's saying, Dobbo's saying that he has to his – like, yes, he's made mistakes, but over the course of the last – Four or five seasons, he has kept his nose clean, and he has hundred percent done a lot look, of work on himself. Who was the Who was the hoops last no. Sunday? If anybody was going to get in trouble in the Sinbin Gate, Lodge would have been in years gone by, front and centre. That's all right to get in trouble on the field. It's off no, the but, field. Well, he hasn't. You tell me what he's done other than fight Jack Bird after a, after a boozy thing down at Burley four years Go ago. Go ask that the family buried. in New York whether they've forgiven him. 
I'm sure they haven't. But that that go. is not the only person in who's represented this country who has done things away from the game that have got themselves in trouble. I, I, I don't think that that can be the sole reason. Now, Mal Meninga has every right to say culturally he doesn't fit. I just think his form and the way he's behaved and conducted himself, to me, says that he was, deserves an opportunity. Well, it's clearly more than form then, isn't it? It, it, it clearly more than form and, you know, the Australian selectors have put a standard in place there and you, they reserve their right to to, to 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 act that way, but they've got to do it for everybody across the board and I think I think we'll see that. Well, you would, would you guys be picking Payne Huss? I'll, I'll ask you this now. Has he chosen Australia? No, 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 no. He, at the moment, yes, he has. Would oh, has you he? pick Payne Huss? Here you go. I'll give you one. I don't. He's not going to be there, Dobbo. No, no, I don't think no, so either. Yeah, but, why? But he's hang out. on. He's, he, he won't no, be going. No, 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 no. He believes he'll be right for the World Cup. No, he's had a shoulder well, my, clean out. My information is I don't think he'll be there. For, I don't think just from injury. Be, yeah, yeah. Not okay. from, not wow. because he's not because he's selecting to play for anybody else, it's but because he's in. I think he's decided he's got to stay. Again. He's had this clean up on his shoulder, right? Wow. He had both shoulders that hampered him all season. Right. My mail okay. is that I think he's ruled himself out of contention. Okay, thank you, two scoops hoops for that. But would you would he have been selected if he was fit? Oh, of course he would have been. Okay, this is the same bloke that threatened a police officer. So do you condone that, Gordon? Are you going to say well, he and he was he went to court two years ago? Payne Huss, let's let's be consistent here. Let's be consistent about Matt Lodge. I, I'm not justifying what he did seven years ago, but I'm just saying this is two years ago. We at, are very quick to forget. At the moment, you'll have Ivan Malat playing fullback. <laughs> <laughs> you boys know what I'm saying. It, no, it, it you, just you, you're no, no, no. Dog, it's Mel Meninga, an immortal that's gone on four kangaroo tours. It's yes. his choice. It's not me. And you know what? One day I missed an Australian team and Wayne Bennett told me this advice. You know what makes an Australian player? The three selectors. So it's his decision who he wants to pick to take away. It's not our decision to go there. And you know what? It's a culture thing. And that's his decision. If I was the Australian coach, then it's my decision. You, you are yeah. right, though, Dobbo. You, make a, you, you do make a good point because... He's made one you know, this year. You, you, go, you go and you'd say, well, okay, if you're Matt Lodge, you say, well, why are you picking him? He's done this. He's done that. But yeah. what, I mean, and, and who's to say what's, what, what's the way, what's the Where do we draw the, the line? I, yeah, just exactly. think Matt, Dobbo, I just think you, Matt Lodge has done a great job in trying to clean up his act. I understand the rap sheet that comes with it. I understand. He was in Brisbane. Yeah. We get it. But I can yeah. tell you now... I think since he's gone to the Roosters, you ask anybody at the Roosters, they say he's been outstanding. Mm. Absolutely Remember outstanding. when we had a go at me last week in a paper and I told you I'd get my return of serve? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this I is the Sunday thing, I thought I had to wait till next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It was less than a week. Raging Bull is up next. This is a Sunday sin bin. <laughs> Jeez. And it is now time for this. <laughs> Yeah, faced with a ATO tax debt, got a compliant payment arrangement. Apricityfinance.com can help with better cash flows. T's and C's apply. Major sponsors of the show and the Raging Bull. Okay, big fella, over to you, my friend. Rightio. Well, obviously, um, through the week, you know, I've got a little three-year-old, little Billy, so I take him to a playground and, you you know, the kids are on the swing and that, maybe because I'm a little bit older. 
you know, like I'm nearly 50, so I just let my kids go. So I've got an 18, 17, like 11 and a three-year-old, so they just go run, right? So um, I'm not what I call a helicopter parent. No, like you watch all these. Worse. So, like you watch all these mothers and dads, and where where their sons the king and the daughters the princess, and they're right over them, and they can't climb, and they can't do this, and they can't pick up sticks, they can't throw rocks, they can't put stuff in their mouth, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, and I've thought for a while now, just obviously because I've got an 18 year old. Well, the next time we have a catastrophe, you know, like something serious happened, that the mothers are going to go and help their sons out because the sons won't be able to do anything because the mothers have helicoptered them all their life. Because they've never had to think, they've never had to get in a fight, they've never had to do anything because their mum's always stopped it. Mm. So, and then I think, oh yeah, well that's all right, that's a playground, that's not, you know, really that serious. That's just kids being kids, and I love their mum because there's no, there's no greater love than a mother for their kids or a dad for their sons or whatever. It's it's or daughters, like it's huge. And then last week, South Sydney played the Rabbits, and James Tedesco gets a hit. South Sydney play the Roosters. Sorry, Roosters. And then one of the Roosters players' dads rings up a media because his son got hit. So now it's come into the NRL and they're complaining. And so dads are ringing media to complain about their sons and what they did. And I am is this so glad. Thing? Is this true that this happened? Is this a legitimate thing that a father I watched ran? it. I, I mate, listen, it when, mate, I watched it on 360. I love it when the raging bull turns into Dr. Gordon. Dr. Gordon. <laughs> so, hang on, hang on. Can so then I'm watching, this? right? Can so, James, so then, so, like, you watch 360 and, you know, like, um, I didn't like it. I got a call from his father or whatever that a kid gets at or, like, a – or like your son's got dropped because he's not playing good and you ring the media, mm. I'd be embarrassed if that's my father. Like, like it, is, it, is, it is so embarrassing that you're a man and you're supposed to be a teenager and you leave school and you leave home and, you know, you've got off your mother's breast and, the, you know, like, and the milk was fantastic, but it's been a long time. <laughs> Gee whiz, and now And now it's time for me to become a man and I'm playing a sport and I'm getting paid millions of dollars and my dad still has to ring up and protect me. In fairness, I'll, I'll make this point right, and we should clarify. No, there's no fairness. Gordon, what Gordon should stay out of this. Well, what it Gordon's talking about, he was watching NRL 360 on Monday night, and yep. uh, Kenty and Braith and myself and Buzz were speaking about the Roosters Bunnies game, and Buzz was trying to make a point that he thought it was a bad advertisement for kids that yeah. game, and that yeah, he I, had I actually. That, and then further to that point, he said, "I actually got a text message from." James Tedesco's dad, who had said that he was quite concerned about the shot from from Tom Burgess. Now, all I'll say, Gordy, is Teddy's got no control over his old man doing that. He he, he can't, you know, like his dad's just gone off orienteering and decided to send Buzz a text message. I don't like it any more than you dad do. aside. Right. I well, would be. It was really yeah. hard for me to pull yeah, my dad Gordon, aside. That goes on in every single. Be Gordon, quiet, Dobbo. This happens all the time. No, it mate. doesn't. I'm Maybe serious. in your world, no, not in my Odell world. Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr., oh, the biggest NFL player in the world. His old man put a video up about all the throws that Baker Mayfield didn't throw to him, so he could get him out of there. Fathers <laughs> are invested in their sons. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think he's allowed to talk to Buzz. If he always says to Buzz, "I'm worried about it," you well, only you do it because people ring you. Listen, relax, because you're only sick enough for all the dads that ring you in Brisbane. Listen here, there's two things, right? I'm just so happy maybe. here. Look at it. What? Yeah, maybe, right? <laughs> so, so that's what I'm talking about all these weeks. Keep on my ringing. dad, there's no way he could have challenged my dad. He was six foot four, but there's no way that he would have ever done that to me. 
You, right. you know what, Dobbo, I really like you. You, you bought this to, to Dr. Doctor Gordon. You can just imagine. <laughs> you need to stop calling the media. Yeah. <laughs> you need to take, take control of your own life. Stop being a soft. Start <laughs> calling the media. 60. And grow a hair. It is okay if people don't like you. It is okay to be wrong. You got hit in the head. <laughs> it's okay to don't answer your phone and think you're important. Journalist. <laughs> I've got to tell you now, um, and, and I don't know why you've turned this back on me, but I don't you're the problem. one that started I, it. I don't have a problem with a dad being concerned about it. He's still – he but might the, be an the, elite the, footballer. Dobbo, but hang on. Dobbo, what do you do? Like you take that phone call and you go, I'm really concerned. You go, well – Probably go and well, take him to see a doctor. Why did, why did Buzz have to mention it? Like, I mean, I, I'm sure Great there's question. dads. Just take Hoops. it. You know the advice should be go and see a doctor then. Yeah, I know. But, Hoops, I'm sure you've had phone calls of family members who have questioned things in the past about things in games. And you get text messages and you don't need to repeat that. I understand that. My uh, point but, is, Dobby, exactly that point, right? Mm. So there's so many kids that walk away from the game. So if you yeah. know the study, right? When kids go to play sport, their parents should be quiet. It's about yep, the kids I playing agree. sport. If you want to live through your kids, right, you got an issue. Right, your yeah, kids, your kids, let him have his career, let him have his moment. There's so many kids that walk away from sport, whether it's netball, AFL, rugby league, rugby union, basketball, forms, because their forms, parents yeah. think that they're coaches. My dad yeah. always told me, Shut your mouth with your kids playing unless you want to coach them. If you don't yeah. want to coach, you be quiet, you be a parent, and you tell them that you love watching them play sport. That's it. You go there as a fan. You, mate, at some stage, you can't be sitting there helicopter them. Helicoptering them. Oh, thank you. This well, is a very strong raging bull. This yeah, is a very strong so raging bull. So now you that... get the point that just let your kids be your kids. It's okay. James Tedesco earns a million dollars. He's been doing it for 10 years. He's the world's best player. He has been... So good. I've never seen him get tackled like that. Every single time he runs the ball, which is 20-odd uh, times a game, he probably touches at 40, everybody tries to tackle him. One tackle slips up. One. Well, you know the other point that I would make about the Tom One Burgess? One out of a season. Yeah, the other point that I'd make about the Tom Burgess tackle It's not Jared Aria Hargreaves, doing it? I'm not condoning it, right? And he's lucky that he didn't get Sinbin. But you blokes know, that sort of thing can happen in a game. Yeah. Like, it's a split-second thing. Teddy runs with a low centre of gravity. Oh. He's got light feet. He's jumping around everywhere. This, and Burgess got his timing this, wrong. It this, can happen. This is my point. James Tedesco plays with Jared Maria Hargreaves. Do any of those dads text Buzz about what Jared does to the other team? <laughs> Probably not. You make There's some sense point. today for once. Uh, well done. Nice. Thanks to Apricity Finance. The Raging Bull coming up. We're going to preview the next week's prelim finals. That's not far away. We'll start with the Cowboys and Eels. The Triple M Sunday Sinbin. Triple M rocks footy. Welcome back to the Sunday Sinbin for Apricity Finance. Faced with the ATO tax debt. Uh, got a compliant payment arrangement. Apricityfinance.com.au. Uh, Tony and Lyndon are uh, good friends of the show. Unbelievable. Boys, let's start previewing next week. Friday night, Townsville. I don't think I don't think people understand just the enormity for this town, what this game is going to mean to them. Uh, they take on the Eels, and it's a sellout. You can't get a ticket. You can't get accommodation. There is zero accommodation in Townsville on Friday night. I'm going to start with you, Gordy. You know how important these clashes are um, just for the town and the community. But this is a great story for the Cowboys as well. They come up against a red-hot Parramatta Eels side. We've talked about them throughout the course of the show. And it is a really, really tough assignment for them. 
But the fact that they, it is at home, it'll be 30 degrees, the humidity's starting up there in North Queensland, everything bodes well for an epic clash. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know exactly how many finals. I remember the Warriors playing an afternoon final there. I remember my last game was a semi-final and we didn't score a point against them. And, you know, just to give you like a rundown on North Queensland, Cairns is, you know, over 300 kilometres away. So people drive from there and uh, Mount Isa is probably the furthest place away and that's probably a 10-hour drive, but people will will definitely make the trek if they can get a ticket. I know it's still the hottest ticket in town, but I'm getting mates from there um, ringing me now. So um, just from the whole community and what it means to them, but the Cowboys have to play, you know, and then making them run the streets. So, like, it's sort of like a fairy tale, you know I mean, because they've been down a bit, and I know that it does hurt the region. I know that they're proud of their footy there, and then when they started making them run the streets and they're running in front and then, the Townsville people realised how hard that they were working and now they get a chance to repay them. And I think it's a um, it's a great relationship, I think, with the community and the players and that's who they represent and they get a chance um, against Parramatta. So go the Cowboys. Gordy, Matt, honestly, I've been thinking about this, this journey that the Cowboys have been on this year. And I, I think if they win this year's premiership, it's one of the greatest sporting stories of all time. What? One of the most unpredicted sporting Easy. stories of all time. They were dead set most people's pick for the wooden spoon. Absolutely. Like, they have come from absolutely nowhere. Nobody gave them a, a cat in hell's chance to do anything in this competition. You People would have laughed at the, the even suggestion Abs- that they'd make the top eight, never mind be playing one game away from a grand final. And then after this they is started remarkable. against the Bulldogs, oh, what was it, 6-4 six, four six, or something? It was, and it was one of the most disgraceful games of rugby league you're ever likely to see. That, <laughs> it wasn't. It was soccer. It was, it was, it was a North Queensland in Fury. Yeah, in it, March. It, yeah, it was... Uh, it was not the advert that the NRL were looking for round one. Uh, but to, to the point, I've, I'm just blown away by what Todd Payton has managed to do up there. You go back sort of 12 months, 15 months ago, and lots of people were questioning him and his coaching ability. You know, I'm sure all of us had our things to say about his relationship with Jason Tamalola, but he's turned it around. They've obviously had a huge preseason up there. I think looking back to last season as well, I believe they lost like something seven or eight games straight and then they beat the Dragons the final game of the season. But they blooded those young lads. They give them that bit, little bit of a taste, a little bit of experience playing in the first yeah. team. This is what the NRL is going to be like week in, week out. Yes, we're not getting the results, but here's your experience. Gone away, had a, by all accounts, an incredible off-season. Lots of mental testing as well as physical yeah. testing as well. And they're reaping the rewards. It's fascinating what they've done. It's not just the off-season. Sorry, Hoops. It's not just the off-season. It's the emergence of drink water that missed the first five games. It's it's Cotter. It's all these guys. It's Nanai. It's uh, Tom Deedon. Tom yeah. Deedon. Well, Tommy Deedon's all right. But it's, you know, like, it's all those younger guys that get them across the line. And Deedon, you know, like that game he had in Origin 3, if he plays like that next yeah. week, they're a massive chance. Ooh. And then you've got Chad Townsend that's just, out of that little bit of experience and just – and Val Holmes, who went across, come back. He was a winger. They bought him for fullback. He wasn't quite working. He played Katoni Staggs and watching it live. And Katoni Staggs, he, like, he's an X Factor. Well, he gave him a bark. Yeah. Physically and with, you know, his agility and footwork. So it's – um, you know, I think it's an amazing turnaround. And as you said, if they do win, 
it would be a Cinderella story. Well, it's a remarkable yarn, Gordon, and to Jimmy's point about where it would sit, I reckon it would be the biggest achievement in rugby league terms since the West Tigers went on that fairy tale dream run yeah. in 2005 because Against nobody the gave them a chance. <laughs> they lost their first four games. I think the bookies had them at 66-1 to one or more to win the grand final. Uh, and then Tim Sheen somehow galvanised the side and off the back of some senior players at the time, Todd Payton was one of them, um, and then they had these young guns in Benji Marshall, uh, Robbie Farah, Scott Prince was the halfback. There is some similarities yep. there with this North Queensland team. And I also think, Gordon, from an outside and point of view... And was Toddy Payton in that team? He was, the big there hombre. That's where he got the nickname, the big hombre, when he scored the last try of the game and Ray Warren went, oh, the big hombre. <laughs> so, so the big hombre got over and that's been his nickname amongst his Tigers mates ever since. But there are some similarities... I think in the way that the Cowboys are playing and the education that Todd Payton has had from Tim Sheens, he comes up with some outside-the-box trick shots that you don't always see. Plays off the back of scrums, kicks early in the tackle count that you wouldn't often see that um, can pay dividends. And I think he's got a couple of those up his sleeve, Dobbo, as we head into this prelim. Can I ask you, and I just go through the room, and, and in all seriousness, Hoops, who, who are you picking? Um, I mean, it's Friday night. You'll hear it here. Dan Gadone will be covering this game. I think the King's involved in it uh, and Ryan Girdler. But who, who's your tip for Friday night? Mate, apparently you've already been on the phone to the Ville up there all week saying, <laughs> don't you know who I am? I demand <laughs> my <laughs> usual suite. Is this true? Well... Look, <laughs> I tell you what, he's going to be a rude shock because there ain't no limos in Townsville, brother. I am getting a chopper to Magnetic Island now and staying at Maggie Island for the night because the accommodation they didn't that didn't work. Who's your tip for the night? Who's the tip, you goon? I, I, I think it'll be close. But I'm going for the home side based on the fact that I find it intriguing that Parramatta aren't going up earlier. Like it's been all over the papers today. To. Yeah, I said that Friday night on all over the papers Fox. today that they're, they're just going to go here. up. They're, they're going to do their captain's run and they're going to go up, hit and run mission, land the night before, and then away they go so Friday. Oh, well, I see, so there's two theories. So, so look, you enjoy the week, you enjoy the hype, and then that does the Brad Arthur role of everybody, good luck, good luck, and the pat on the back. But when you get a pat on the back, it can soften you up, especially Parramatta supporters. And I said that the other night, you know, mate, when Parramatta win games, they don't buy grand final tickets. They get tattoos as premiers. That's how you like that's how serious like their fans are. So so to get away from that and go up there and prepare properly and keep it low key, that there would have been my way of playing this game. But Parramatta staying here, well, that's Brad Arthur's um, decision. I'm going to go North Queensland because I'm a North Queensland boy and it's simple as that. And I just think that um, the Cowboys have to go to another level. And we watched the Cronulla side last night that you're not going to win playing the way you played through the year. And looking now at the semi-final that they played against each other, um, and in hindsight, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't at the standard of the other clubs. So they need to rise. I'm, James I'm, Graham? I'm, I'm really torn. I think, like most people, they've, they've got this one almost split down the middle. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to back in Parramatta. Uh, I was really impressed with their level of performance uh, last week where they've, they've been inconsistent all year, but they rise for the big games. And I really think they're going to get the job done. I think, 
you know, I, much can be made about when they go up, but they're looking at it, looking to go on a hit and run mission, a smash and grab. Get the get the tickets to the grand final. Get out of there. Get the victory, and away we go. I Which think, one would you rather do? Would you like to go up there and just relax, get in the warm weather, and relax a to, bit, or to just on, fly in and to fly be, out? To be honest, Gordy, I wouldn't care. FIFO, fly in, fly out. I, 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 <laughs> He's a miner, look at him. The old yes. English miner, FIFO, brother. Fly in, uh, fly out. To be, to be honest, Gordy, if I was one and of the grab players... grab a six-pack on the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely, I'd just be like, I, I don't care. We're, and you know, know. We're, we're not going to... i tell you what we're going to do, lads. We're not going to talk about it. We're just going and we're getting it done. But it's harder yeah. not to talk about it now. Like, Parramatta is a... And like, you played at the Dragons. And like, when you're south and when you're at these big clubs... Mm. It's actually hard to escape, and then, mate, you're at the dogs. Yeah, right. It, it was hard when you were going to the finals. It, it will. It probably going going up in in, a, in such a short period of time. It depends what they've done all season. So likely, whenever they've travelled, it wouldn't have made the news. Like whether they've gone up and back in the same day or whatnot. Um, to your point, that is well, this is what they're doing. They're sticking to the yeah, routine. So they're sticking to the it's routine yeah. for them. Well, that, well, that's well no, that, we will know next Sunday when we have our uh, sin bin whether or not it's been successful or not, and we can dissect that. Right, oh boys. Well, we should talk about this game Saturday night. Uh, the Panthers take on the Bunnies. It's a grand final replay from last year, and not a lot has changed between the two sides. The rivalry runs deep. And not a lot splits this side. I, we just heard how clear how they're the clear favourites, the Panthers. But I'll start with you, Hoops. Look, th- this South Sydney side with Latrell has something to prove, and they are on a mission. I'd argue this South Sydney side with Latrell is more dangerous than the South Sydney side who contested last year's grand final. And let's not forget, there was only a stray Cody Walker pass and that Stephen Crichton intercept in the final yep. 10 minutes of the game in it. So, look, I don't think there's very much between these two sides. It's very personal. They don't like one another. Uh, there was a lot to be read into Penrith's celebrations in the aftermath um, of their third premiership victory in the history of the club. The Bunnies didn't take too kindly um, to some of the things that were posted on social media and whatnot. So, look, it, it's going to be an absolute epic, this game. Uh, but I think the form that Cody Walker has shown last night, and I feel as though we haven't yet really seen Latrell in top gear, boys. And for Souths, that, that's a good omen leading into a big game yeah, like this. It's um, no Wayne Bennett and no Adam Reynolds, right, in that grand final side. But the big in is Latrell Mitchell. And I don't care what he does. And people go, oh, you know, he's not Teddy. He's Latrell Mitchell. He's kicking game last night. He turned every four into six. He's passing. He's slider passing. Um, I don't think South were at their best last last night. No. I think that they've got more in them. And I think that if they play their absolute best against Penrith, and you have to, I give them a chance. And not too many yep. people would have given I'm, them a chance. I think, I think Cam Murray in the middle is as good as any forward in the game. Yep. I think Cody Walker seems to be more relaxed. I think young Ilias is playing his role really well. I think the forward pack is no nonsense. Joy Arrow is playing his best best football in the red and green. And there's Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, th- th- this game is, is made for Latrell Mitchell. And if I'm looking at South Sydney, I, yesterday's performance, like they, they'd won... They need to fix their completion rate up. When South Sydney complete above 80%, they tend to win matches. I know I've spoke to, I've got a couple of friends there and they say we emphasise on completion. Last night they didn't complete, but what they did do well is 
Cronulla, I think, had something like in the opening twenty minutes had a, a, over twenty play the balls in that opposition in in their own tw- in the South Sydney twenty. They didn't concede, and they also they didn't look like scoring. They didn't create opportunities. Now, part of that was down to the fact that Cronulla have, were having an off day, but South Sydney's defence on that goal line was absolutely rock solid. You look, I think they've conceded. You, there was three tries against the Roosters and they've had periods was down. Was it 14 and 16 points I yeah. think, in so both games? D- defensively, that's where their focus point have got, uh, has yeah. got to be. We know that they can attack. We know they've got points in them. They know, we know if they move the ball to their left-hand side, they're going to create opportunities. Their focus has got to be on defence, which I think it has been so far in this final series, but they need a big defensive effort as a group against this Penrith because we all know what they can do. and uh, they, They've got to... In that Roosters game, they were struggling through that middle third of the field. They managed to slow the game down. With the, the Roosters, before Tedesco went off, were really making lots of inroads through that middle third. They've got to get that sorted out with the likes of Fisher-Harris and then get after Nathan Cleary. They've got to, they've got to do to Nathan Cleary what Put Roosters... Put the key, enjoy arrows what, back. Yeah, just say... <laughs> so go, well, son, the, go. Yeah, that's it. His assignment or, or someone's Absolutely. assignment has got to be, we need you to sacrifice your running game. We need to sacrifice certain things because we need you to get in control, play four into five with Dylan Edwards and then you are just a beeline for Nathan Cleary. Let the second marker take care of Coruscant. You're going for him. Whoever's first marker, it's a concerted effort that you guys... Get to him and put pressure on him, yeah. and get to him quick. And then all as it does is if, because they're going to try to take Latrell out of the game, but if they kick and you're not on your game, coming down, or the kick's not as good, or as deep, or as where it wants to be, and he starts getting in the groove. If if Latrell gets in the groove and wants to play, good luck. Well, what's interesting, Gordy, to your point about Nathan Cleary, Jimmy, is the Bunnies are the ones who initially designed that blueprint of cutting down his time with the ball. And if you remember the first week of the final series last year, yep. South's orchestrated an upset. Everybody thought 100%. Penrith were a lay-down Mazaire week one of the finals, but they tipped the final series on their head and went straight through to the prelim. And it was by pressuring Nathan Cleary and really cutting down his time with the ball in terms of uh, last tackle options when it comes to the fifth tackle. So I get the impression as though South's are well across that. To your point, Jimmy, about their scrambling defence on their own goal line last night, it was outstanding. And I reckon it's taken a little bit of time, Gordy, for – we all thought when Adam Reynolds left, personally I thought it was one of the biggest blunders in the history of the Bunnies, but I reckon it's just taken Luttrell and Cody a little bit of time to to find their groove without that classic organising, brilliant kicking game number seven. But they all know their role now. And Ilias is getting better with every performance. Defensively, he's been really impressive. I I just put my coach's brain in for a minute. Uh Uh-oh. It's Damien Cook. He's the fastest guy. He's in the ruck, right? He's going to be around there. So every time, Cookie, that's your job. Because... He's fast, yeah. and I think he can cut down his time and space. We just uh, you like that, didn't you? Hoops? I like that, Gordon. Thank I you. Do yeah. like that. And he's unbelievable, <laughs> Coach, Coach Gordy. We saw Coach what Carter, Queensland please. did to Nathan Cleary, and and Billy Slater had a great game plan about pressuring him in, in Game Three, and they took him out of the game. I, we spoke with Jason Demetrio earlier on in the show. Am I wrong in saying I know everybody's talking about Todd Payton being Coach of the Year now, and I think he's the red hot favourite. But Demetrio, what he has done, I mean, bringing Ilias along, 
the way that he's coached. So I understand Latrell's back in there, but he has had a phenomenal, in his first year as an NRL coach, and he's had success in the lead-up. He has done all the hard work. Everywhere he's gone, he's had success. But he has to be in consideration. Surely now he's down to a prelim as one of the coaches of the year. Hey, listen, and don't forget Noddy, because who would have taken up that role at the time? Noddy gets a special mention. Noddy gets a special mention. What happened to Noddy? Like, he got thrown yeah. under the bus. That's Big not job. Noddy. That's just the knock on the West Tigers, mate. Who would have taken that? Mate, that's not Noddy. No, correct. Yeah. But am I wrong in saying that about JD? No, absolutely not, because they finished seventh. They've knocked off a heavyweight in the Roosters. They've Beaten a side who finished in the top four last night. Lost now they've got to play halfback. the reigning premiers. Yeah, doing it all without Adam Reynolds. And I mean, oh, they yeah. managed without Latrell for yeah, a third like, of the season as well. When he had to go over to the States to fix that hamstring up. So, no, I don't think that's overstating it at all, Dobbo. I think given the events of the last fortnight, JD's got to be right up there for sure. Now, a tip from all you folks, you especially, Gordy, this one is hard to pick. I'm going to go out there, and I've held my tongue with the North Queensland and Parramatta, but I'm going to say why South Sydney go through to the so, grand final. Why have you held your so tongue? So why do you hold your tongue with well, the Well, I mean, Cowboys. I just let you, but you heard it. Oh, mate, well, who do you like then? Oh, I like the Cowboys. I think they're morals. But anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> okay. um, well, we got there. Um, yeah. Listen, mate. Uh, listen, he does I have the fifth South highest Sydney rating oh. show in Queensland. He needs the Cowboys to come. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. I think and there's that. only four radio stations. <laughs> Are you finished? Are you finished? <laughs> Just started. Now, listen. I, I think. Uh, I think that that South Sydney go through to the grand final, and I, I, I honestly think that Penrith are vulnerable for the only reason. I'm going to say this. And they are being out and out the best seed team for the last three seasons, uh, week to week. They, no one can debate that. But they've played bugger all football in the last month and a half. And I understand what they did a couple of weeks ago. I think South Sydney, it'll be a South Sydney Cowboys grand final. You can put that in the in the documents, just like I've made a lot of big statements over the last couple of months, but I think the Cowboys will be playing okay. South Sydney. Penrith 13 plus. Yeah. <laughs> mate, what's, what's in, those, what's in those, that bowl of mixed oh, lollies that you've got sitting he's next made, to you up there? I think he's on the gummy. Well, what's, what's going on? I think he's on the gummy. No, listen. Oh, I, 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 I hope South win. Uh, so, I, hope yeah, South look, win. I think plenty of people will. Just, just for the game and if... You know, South played the Cowboys and, you know, getting sort of Queensland versus New South Wales or Parramatta, two big old clubs playing each other. It it would be fantastic and something that I would like to see because I haven't watched Parramatta win since 1986, so part of that. But Penrith have been the best side and, you know, they're going to be hard to beat. And if, you know, uh, if you put your brain and you think that Penrith w- will win, but I'm hoping sales do. Yeah, I'm I'm probably with you on that, Gordy. I think I'd like to see the underdog go through. You know, Always, the, yeah. all the, the subplots with the, the year that Latrell's had and D- Jason Dimitriou coming in and obviously losing Reynolds. The, you know, Ilias getting hooked, what, six, seven weeks ago yeah. after 20 minutes against the Dragons. Love to see South Sydney go on and upset the apple cart and get the victory against Penrith. But I just don't know. How. Other it's than, hard. Uh, other than absolutely just kamikaze and... Nathan Cleary, I, I don't know how they can win. And even if they do that, I think Penrith will still have enough. I, I really do. They've got a lot, haven't yeah, they? Uh, Penrith, Penrith can only beat themselves as far as I'm concerned. They Souths need Penrith to turn up and have an absolute shocker. Well, we saw, we have it, seen that. Like we saw against the Eels, not in week one of the finals, but when Nathan Cleary got suspended. About five weeks ago. They we? were off. Yeah. 
they they got put off their game that they night. They got put off. I don't reckon they the were blueprint. off. You got to go. You, you got to go toe to toe with them straight through the middle, and then Nathan came up with an error in a tackle mm. that meant he was sent off, and so yeah. they play that to play a. But Para had all the momentum. Listen, I don't men. know whether the scoreline would have been the scoreline. I think Parramatta might have might have won it, but uh, Parramatta I, I, that would have been I, I their agree. best game yeah. of the year. Yes, and Parramatta won by two or four points. Yep. You know what I mean? All right. What's your tip, Hoops? Uh, the heart says Souths, but the head says the Premiers, Penrith. Right. Okay. Well, God, that's mate, it you know we've here. all turned into Dobbo, just having an each way bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> I think, but anyway, I think, I, think I stand by. Win. I stand by my convictions. At least I don't sit on the fence like some other people. No, because you break it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's it from us here. We'll finish on that note. Thank you very much. Ja, see you later, James Graham, James Hooper. Thank you, and uh, the Raging Bull. We are back next Sunday, and stay on Triple M as we cover all the prelims. We will be back next Sunday. Scrum will be on Saturday. Sinbin on uh, Sunday. Till next time, from all the team here, and thanks to Apricity Finance. We'll catch you next week. Thanks to McDonald's. Triple M rocks footy. Triple M rocks the NRL 24-7 through the Triple M app. Thanks to Ream. Steady, hot and strong. Install a Ream.